Harvest Music and Harvest Youth Choir. You can't miss that also. So either you are the couple's program or you had So a gift to you. the Farm Life group said, Happy Birthday. Yeah. Thank you for your time. We are out. Do have a wonderful weekend. City 97.3. More variety. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM 
we have learned that there are people who are interfering with this system, are compromising the system to the extent that people pay to get their wards into A-class schools. It has been revealed that people pay as much as 20000 to get their awards in the Wesley Girls, the Presex, the Buri Girls, and all the top-tier top tier schools we have in our country. That is corruption. Indeed, there's been an investigative report exposing and evidencing this. What is the ministry doing about this? And what can we do to fix the system? Also, the private schools have complained that it appears that public schools are favored by the computer placement system above the private schools. What is the truth in this? We will examine all these on today's program. I will take a short break, return, introduce my guests, and then we'll get a discussion underway. My name is Salam Adonu. Once again, you're welcome to The Big Issue. issue this morning uh, we are looking at the good for oil policy is there a policy in need of more scrutiny what must we do to make it better it appears that it's not us we've been told of course we've been also told that it's a pilot and given that it's a pilot there'll be a few few rough edges that must be smoothing so it's a policy that is actually meant to benefit Ghanaians but there are a few questions we have about that the oil that came into the country two weeks ago for which we were expecting that at the first pricing window this month uh, we will see some marginal decrease. Uh, we're told it was purchased with cash. So if that was purchased with cash, there was a difference really. We will find out. We are now hearing that there are two streams. There's a gold for oil butter, and there's also a cash component because not all the oil companies have the commodity trading platform or something. We'll get details of that, and our, our guests are very well versed in the issues, and they will bring us all you need to know today. We're also looking at the school placement and, and, and its problems we've seen this week. Uh, we understand that some people have compromised the system, and it's been so for the past few years. It's become a cash cow. So if you want your ward to go to a top-tier school, you have to pay. Pay as much as 20,000 cities, 5,000 cities, 10,000 cities to get your ward in an A-class school. What are we teaching the younger generation? It isn't no more about you know, fairness. It isn't no more about Excellence is no more about performance. Should everything be corrupted? That is the question we are asking. And the GES and the ministry and all the people who matter in the education space have been speaking. We will visit that conversation again. But just to update you a bit on what has been happening um, this week, following several calls for government to provide contract details of the recent fuel consignment brought under the Good for Oil policy, the Deputy Minister for Energy, Andrew Ejapa Mesa, has disclosed that the first consignment was purchased with cash. Oil industry players such as the IES and COPEG asked government to disclose the quantity of gold it exchanged for the 40,000 metric tons of fuel as they raised questions about the viability of the deal. Others such as the minority in parliament also questioned the feasibility of the policy, arguing that it won't affect the current prices at the pumps. Speaking to City News, uh, Deputy Energy Minister Andrew Ejapa Mesa says Ghana's gold was monetized to pay for the fuel. There is more in the following report. On January 15, 2023, government under its gold for oil policy received 40,000 metric tons of oil from the United Arab Emirates. 
This was the first consignment received under the deal. The policy, which was announced in November 2022, was meant to tackle the dwindling foreign currency reserves coupled with demand for dollars by oil importers, which was weakening the local currency and increasing living costs. It was also meant to present the country with cheaper fuel. But weeks after the receipt of the consignment, prices of fuel at the pumps have seen a hike. The situation has raised concerns among the public. In an interview with City News, Deputy Minister for Energy, Andrew Ejapamesa, explained that Ghanaians would begin to see the impact on prices of petroleum products at the pumps if the policy gains momentum. He also revealed that the first consignment was purchased with cash. This revelation comes despite several calls for government to provide contract details of the four consignments brought under the gold for oil policy. The policy actually started with an intent to do strict barter for gold and petroleum product, okay? But it became apparent that that then would mean that any of the international oil traded company that did not have a commodity wing that could deal in gold on their behalf were going to be excluded from the policy. Okay, bear in mind that there are several national trading companies that are focused on gold, petroleum, and other commodities. There are some that are solely focused on petroleum products. And so to create a window to enable those oil companies or international trading companies that did not have other commodity wings to also participate in the program, we developed a policy such that we were operating two streams, one direct butter and two monetizing the gold just so we can pay for IOTs that were not, you know, on that commodity focused, but solely petroleum products and so would not have a need for gold. So that's how the program has been designed. Yes, two streams. Yes, one direct swap gold for oil because there are commodity traders that could trade the gold on their own. Okay, there are some that obviously because they are not multi-commodity traders but focus only on petroleum could also participate, you know, with, with the Bank of Ghana then monetizes the gold that is aggregated here in Ghana, uh, purchased in cities, you know, to pay for that commodity. So the test run that was actually paid through the second round uh, because people wanted to see how it works. And I believe that going forward, uh, as we sign agreement with uh, the companies that were interested in the direct swap when their commodity comes, the gold that has been aggregated will be run and then a swap made those that sell that were not interested in uh, gold, the gold that has been aggregated to be sold by the Bank of Ghana. Reacting to the revelation, the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers Ghana, COPEC, said this was shocking. Executive Secretary of COPEC, Duncan Amwa, has been speaking to City News. Just as you, the media, are shocked at the turn of events, uh, we are equally shocked. And then the suspicion, the long-held suspicion that Indeed, we were just getting into a certain arena uh, without deeper consideration or any proper contractual basis. Uh, it's just being confirmed. And then what this then does is that you have a deregulated environment which uh, we entered into somewhere July 2015 uh, on the back of the fact that government said it didn't have money uh, to pay for under-recoveries or any um, losses that was incurred by BDCs and other players within the sector. Then, a few years down the line, the same government comes back to say that I am now taking your money 
to go into fuels trading. Uh, what that means is that government is now in competition with the private players, uh, whom we have agreed should, I mean, procure or secure fuel and sell to the Ghanaian market. Uh, it is not only shocking, but we would wonder the basis of taking money from the Bank of Ghana at this point without proper budgetary approval by parliament, uh, to go into such a very dangerous, you know, arena of fuels trading. All right, so you had Don Canamoa there, COPEX Don Canamoa, um, ending that uh, report by Neteli Nete Aljahu. Now, so the Bank of Ghana has also assured the Public Accounts Committee of Parliament that it would provide the requisite documents on the ounces of gold used for the first consignment of the gold for oil deal. In January 2023, the government received 40,000 metric tons of oil under the deal as part of efforts to offer much cheaper fuel options. Uh, industry experts such as the IES and COPEG uh, called on government to disclose a quantity of gold uh, it exchanged for the metric tons of fuel as they raised questions over the, uh, the viability of the deal. Speaking at the Public Accounts Committee sittings, uh, the first Deputy Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Mark Solopoku Afari, says the details of the transaction will be presented before the committee in due course. The ounces of gold was exchanged for the 40,000 metric tons, and at what price? Uh, did we buy the gold, world market price or lower than world market price? Again, did we pay CDs or dollars for it? If CDs, at what exchange rate? Thank you. What I can confidently share is the metric tons of gold bought by Bank of Ghana. As I said, we have two legs of the transaction, so I will not go into the exchange transaction. But the gold purchased by Bank of Ghana is not new. We introduced a gold purchase program as part of our building our reserves, and we are using a component of that program to support the gold for oil. So the metric tons of gold purchased by Bank of Ghana, I can share the details with the committee later on when I get back to the office. But what I can also confirm is that the gold is being purchased in local currency cities. So it's a conversion of our domestic assets into foreign assets. And then it is being purchased at the world market price. We use the Bloomberg and the Reuters market price to purchase the gold. So those I can confirm. And, and in terms of the ounces that have been purchased as at now, I'll beg of the committee so that I can supply that data later on because I do not have that with me now. I'm, I'm excited and thank you so much. Once you are willing to furnish us, I'm sure that Chairman and the Secretariat would liaise with you to furnish us with that information. But I believe that this purchase program is also in tandem with PMMC, right? Yes, we're working with PM. There are two uh, different aspects of it. You know, we also engage directly the big mining companies yes. for them to sell part of their gold. The gold they sell to us is monetary gold because it's refined and LBM is certified. So that automatically goes into our reserves. But the one we buy from PMMC, part of it has to go through a refining process through an LBM certified refinery before it can be part of our reserves. But that part used for the gold for oil, you don't need to go through the refining process. Yes. So we work with PMMC 
and work directly with the uh, big mining company. Lady, I just want to avert your mind to the fact that your exchange rate, which you're using, I'm sure you use the Bank of Ghana rate when you're doing these purchases, uh, on your own Twitter feed is somewhere around 10.2 to the U.S. dollar, but PMMC that you are buying through is buying at 13. That's a huge disparity between your rates and what PMMC is buying. So that rate differential, that 3CD differential, almost 3CD differential, who bears that cost? The taxpayer, the Bank of Ghana, would you swallow that as your debt? Who bears that cost? So, Honorable Chair, if I may come back on that. Just because it's a public interest question, I also want to give a public interest response. <laughs> the Bank of Ghana does not have a Bank of Ghana rate as we speak. So what is being tweeted is our indicative rates, our rates, transaction rates collected from commercial banks at the end of the previous day at 3 p.m., weighted average based on the transaction volumes, and then published for the benefit of the general public. The difference you see from the commercial banks is that when you go to your bank this morning, they would have published an indicative rate, but not a transaction rate. So you see 13 or 12, the bank is saying that as you come to my bank, you may get this rate. But depending on the type of transaction you have, you may even get 10 or 11. So you look at the indicative rate and you compare it to their previous day's transaction rate, you see a huge margin. But then the transactions take place, you rate it, and it's no different from what Bank of Ghana publishes. So when we go out there to deal with PMMC, we deal with them on the rate at which the commercial banks transact business. And that is the rate at which PMMC also buys. So there is All right, so you heard the Deputy Governor of the Bank of Ghana, uh, Masolo Poko Afari, there answering questions uh, from the Public Accounts Committee. He was engaging uh, Samnati George on the gold for oil policy and, and what the role of Bank of Ghana has been. We'll look at all of that this morning. So this morning, my guests, uh, uh, Fuseni Isa, former MP for Okankwe North and former member of the Finance Committee of Parliament, uh, Nana Amwesi the Seventh, Executive Director, the Institute of Energy Security, uh, the Honorable Kweku Rickett Hagan, Member of Parliament for Cape Coast South, former Deputy Minister for Finance, former Deputy Minister for Trade, and a former Central Regional Minister, and Franklin Kujo, who is President of Imani Africa. Uh, these are my guests this morning. Uh, gentlemen, you are welcome to the program. Thank All right, you, let me start off with you, uh, Fuseni Isa, former MP, and uh, uh, um, you, your party is in government, so you obviously have more information than everybody else uh, as far as this matter is concerned. The, for somebody listening for the first time, what is the gold for oil program, and what was it intended to achieve. Of course, this came up some time back where uh, fuel prices at the pump was, was, was going up almost every time. And so this idea, which looked like a novelty at the time, you know, was best. What is this program? What is its intended purpose? Good morning, Solomon. Good morning to my co-panelists. And uh, good morning to the good people of Kainkwenov. And I, I you don't, you don't greet the people of Ghana. And I, I have, I have a two of, I said okay, a good morning. That's fine, uh, good morning to your viewers. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to welcome City TV formally to Ogakwe North Municipality. Is this you know, central? My okay, is yeah. part of 
Okay, you are fat. So now everybody's buying into it. Success has many friends. I mean, that's it. We're talking about Okanko Central. Now, Okanko Central is coming in. The constituency is Okanko Central. Okay. But the municipality is Oh, the municipality. Okay, yeah. great. So, so, so in terms of constituency, so. you are a neighboring constituency. I'm a neighboring constituency. That, that's nice. In terms of municipality. It's your municipality. It's my municipality. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> nice one. Salam. Good for oil. So, um, Let's let's look at what brought about this novelty. I mean, in 2022, I mean this time last year, our budget for 2022 had been passed partially because there were policies that government had taken to Parliament as part of the revenue mobilization uh, efforts of government for the year 2022 that were still outstanding. I'm referring to the e-levy. So it got, it got us into trouble giving our external partners, not even having the confidence that the policies that government intended then to use to mobilize revenues domestically was going to be feasible. Mm. It led to the rating agencies beginning to downgrade us, our access to the euro market, which had been an annual ritual, became very limited, so we couldn't go to the euro market to to transact like we had done in some previous years. It led to the shortage of forex mm. in, our, in our system, but life still had to go on. So certain expenditure or line items we couldn't do anything about. As an economy, we spend, uh, from what I, I glean, about $400 million a month mm. on just our full requirements um, every month. And this goes into about $4.8 billion in a, in, in a year. So in a, in a year that we couldn't go transact the $3 billion euro market transaction, that was also a very important source of forex for us. It became very trying. Um, we saw a lot of our macroeconomic um, indicators going haywire, particularly when the downgrading started. And so it was, it was important that um, the government became innovative to ensure that Unlike other countries, in fact, as we speak now, if you listen to word coming from a huge uh, petroleum-producing country like Nigeria, shortages on the streets and all of that, you'll be you'll be amazed that we have been able to. But the Nigeria I mean, case is purely mismanagement. It's, it's, it is mismanagement. Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately for us, we haven't gotten there. We, 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 we don't even have the oil, we, so we buy. We we buy we buy the oil. Yes, so we have ensured that. Uh, the, 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 the product is available. available. Good. Unfortunately, we couldn't also allow the prices to go to the levels at which it was going. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, we, we have known that two very strict um, indicators of how much you pay at the pump prices, either the world market for crude or the exchange rate. So these two variables, we, we had to do something about it. Unfortunately, the external one, which is a world price um, uh, crude prices, it's not something that we, we, we could do impact. But what we could do about is the forex or exchange rate uh, between the CD and the dollar. Um, it became important that we looked at what other people have done when it came to times like this. And it is not the first time any country is using one commodity in exchange for the other. We've seen the case of UK, Iran, oil for equipment, Venezuela, Iran similar things, oil for food. food, and things like that. So in, in this whole thing, we tried to see what we could 
use, the resource that was available to us that we could leverage on to ensure that we had constant flow of petroleum products. Obviously, it is not by default that uh, at one time we were called the gold, the gold Coast. Mm -hmm. and, and we have mined gold for centuries. And if you look at the impact of gold on other countries or economies, let's take South Africa. I mean, Joburg was built basically on the back of the mines and mining activity in there. Today, mm -hmm. you go to Obuasi, it's, it's still a struggle, and you wonder what we have done with our gold resources over the centuries. It was important that we could leverage on the commodity that we, we, could, we, could, we could have available. And so this whole thinking came, why can't we swap this for, for oil? Rather than go through the um, typical exchange thing where the BOG had to always look for um, the hard currency to be able to give, to this, give this to the BDCs to be able to bring this product. It was, it was important that we became innovative. And so we looked at this, at this, at this um, policy. Mm -hmm. The policy was intended to, one, reduce the pressure on our forex, how much forex we needed to spend every month. And if we were going to be able to take a chunk of the $400 million that we needed a month from the total forex that we needed to import whatever necessities we needed in this country, it was going to take a lot of... Um, and pressure of the currency because mm. typically the price of forex is determined by demand and supply. And so if of the 400 were even able to do 50, 50%, it meant that we would not need to go looking for about $200 million every month mm. to be able to fuel our industries and our vehicles around. So it was intended to take off that pressure of the currency. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we have not noted that the price of forex was crucial. And so if this pressure was taken off, and so we did it, the, the demand for forest came down, and the supply was even constant. It was not going to push the price up. And so it will reflect for, uh, finally at the prices that we pay at the pump. And then also our macroeconomic um, stability, that, that was actually being of a challenge in the last, mm -hmm. year, last year or so. So the policy, this was the policy um, intentions. Uh, basically to take the pressure of the, of the, of the CD, stabilize the CD, and, and, and finally reflects at the prices that we pay at the pump. Okay. So when, when this whole policy started, uh, there, were, there were discussions. And I, I, from where I sit, I know there were consultants involved in all of it that, that were actually advising government on how to go. But it was obvious from what the deputy minister had said this, 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 this week that is generated this whole thing. Um, even before I come to that, like, like we do with our energy, energy sector, there are mixed and different sources that, of energy that we get. We get a hydro, we get thermal, now we are getting some solar, some solar systems up north as well. So determining on the mix at every time, it has an impact on the price. Because hydro obviously is the cheapest, thermal is more expensive than hydro. So depending on how much um, thermal you have in the mix at every point in time, it determines the ultimate price that I will have to pay from my home. Similar, similar to this, we, the, the policy is just started. From what I gleaned, we got 40,000 40, metric tons last month in January. And, and given the system that we run, even from BOST, BOST has um, some tanks that are able to, uh, or the capacity, uh, the, the, the capacity at BOST mm -hmm. is able to keep about six weeks um, full supply at any point in time. And BOST also has to, and treat this thing just like any other stock. It's, it's FIFO. 
first mm-hmm. in, first out. So at every point in time, the stock that comes, depending on its uh, situation, when it was bought, the pricing, it will determine the price we pay at the pump. Hence this um, bi-monthly price determination by the, by the, by the uh, MPA. 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 Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, this is, what, is what is happening. Mm. And this innovation, there, there was, there was a, the, the, the discussion, and I have seen diagram, diagrams from when this whole police was initiated. That showed that, look, it was, it was, a, there, there were two legs of this transaction at every point in time. The BOG was going to make money available to PMMC for PMMC to buy the gold. In fact, Bank of Ghana had even earlier initiated that, look, for us to build out on our reserves, we have to revert to buying gold locally for the BOG to be able to support our currency at every point in time. We have moved on from there. But in particular for this, for this, for this uh, policy, BOG will, so, will supply money, will give the PMMC some money to buy gold locally. And, and the, the truth is that over the years, at every point in time, we have realized that the amount of gold that leaves our shores relative to the amount of gold that arrives at other destinations the Arab world and all of that. When we have to reconcile the amount of gold that actually leaves legally mm. our ports and the amount of gold that actually arrives there, there's always been a disparity. Mm. Always been a disparity. And sometimes it's been to abnormal uh, proportions. Why so? I don't know. So if it, this policy is going to help us to sanitize the whole process such that we are going to buy the gold locally in Ghana cities mm. and we are not going to buy it at a discount, no, we are looking, these are tradable commodities. At every point in time, everybody knows what the world price for gold is. At every point in time, everybody knows what the world price for petroleum products are. So it is, it is not a case of um, us saying that we were going to get a discount or something that was going to reflect. We were thinking about the currency, taking pressure of the currency, ensuring that the, the $400 million that we will require every month is hit down significantly so mm. that we can look at the other sectors of the economy. Fast forward. Initially, what I had even gleaned was that the first um, um, transaction was going to even happen down the line, way down in October or so. But given the exigencies of the time, things had to move much faster. So thankfully, they were the, the partners who were ready to work with us uh, in these transactions were identified. And so quickly we had to take advantage of it to ensure that, look, the extent of suffering, the extent of uh, price increases at the pump, which dovetailed into levels of inflation. I mean, look at our inflation levels in excess of 54%. And principally, if you look at food inflation, it's, it's, it's a very huge chunk of the, of what the, 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 the movers of inflation. And, and given what, what we know, all the market women are telling us that um, it's, it's more expensive to transport the food items from the producing areas to the consum- consuming a- areas. Mm. And that is, that is the principal push in in food inflation. And so if we could do something about this, can you imagine how it would affect the macroeconomic stability that we have been yearning for? Mm. So this whole thing was built, and it was, it was in two arms. Either you, your other partner on the other side had the capacity or beyond, beyond trading in petroleum products, to be able to take um, other commodities like, like gold, as, as we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and gold, oil, I keep saying, they are tradable commodities. They, it's, it's a very transparent uh, um, um, market out there, such that at every point in time, you know where the petroleum products are trading. 
you know where gold is trading. So it is very easy to have an exchange rate between them and be able to, 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 to trade them. What, 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 what essentially the Deputy Minister wanted to say is that when you dealt with a partner on the other side who also had the capacity to deal in other commodities, then you'll be dealing with the same person. And when you deal with the same, he'll be ready to take a certain amount of gold to pay for that certain amount of petroleum products that they are releasing to you. On the other hand, when you're dealing with a partner who has no capacity in other commodities besides petroleum products, then there might have to be a somebody in the middle who will take the gold, monetize it, and pay for the oil that you are getting. Mm. It's, it's that simple. So it is, it, there are two arms of the transaction. So depending at every point in time who we are dealing with on the other side, it's either somebody who has capacity in the other commodities, like gold, who will be ready to take a certain amount of gold for the, for the petroleum products that they are releasing to you, or there will be a third who would take the gold, monetize it, and, and do. And so if for our first consignment, remember, we're say, still saying that we are still at a piloting phase. Of course. It, is, it is not something that it's, we, we are. But over time, we'll ramp yeah, up. See, this we'll all, build capacity this, in there. This and then for, we can be able to... This is good for oil it. thing. It, it looks very nice on paper. Theoretically, it looks very great. But if you think about it, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's not, it's, the butter is not very direct from what we've seen. In this first, you know, pilot, you call it, we have to buy the gold, the oil, with cash. I don't see how different it's been from the past. We've always bought with cash. So maybe the, 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 difference, the, the, no, wait, the, the difference really is that maybe the Bank of Ghana is more involved, maybe quite directly. But the point is, the gold you always sell, and you sell in dollars. Mm. So what's this whole thing about oil? This sell your gold, sell your gold is. for the purpose, mm. and use the money to buy the oil. Then you have the same transaction you've been having. So, Salom, I, I made a point that we have been mining gold for centuries. Mm. And annually, when you look at the gold that leaves our shores to very popular destinations, and how much those destinations report having received from, from Ghana at every point in time, the disparity is always huge. Mm. How this gold goes out, given the regime that you have to go through to be able to export gold, it's still something that we are grappling with. But if through this policy, we are able to buy all this gold local and but give I, I us an see, opportunity. You I don't, see, I don't, I don't see, how, I don't see how that deals with the smuggling matter. Because it deals the, with the smuggling the, matter. The smuggling is, is a result of disparity in how much the goods are sold in one place and compared to the other. So if you sell it cheaper in Ghana or you buy it cheaper and somebody from maybe Togo or Cote d'Ivoire wants to buy it more, I'll be, I'll be tended to sell it to the guy who was buying it. Ironically, ironically, mm. even the guys who are doing Galamsey, mm. if you try to buy gold of them, they will take their food. Mm -hmm. And gold is such a tradable commodity at every point, at every minute. Yeah, but, in, quote to but you in this case, the Pence government is going to monopolize the buying of the gold. We, PMMC is going if, to be buying the gold from these guys. So if the price PMMC is offering is, is not competitive, I'm they will not. I'm saying PMMC is not buying this gold at a discount. The advantage we are getting this time is that rather than us use proceeds from other exportable commodities to buy oil, mm. we are ensuring that the CDs that we get from selling oil local, we are able to convert that local asset into tradable foreign assets, I mean from the CD to the dollar, that will enable us buy this. So can you imagine that of the 400 million that we need every month to buy petroleum products? We are able through this process 
to hit it to half. It mm. makes it releases another two hundred million dollars for us to import other items. No, but it, and it, principally, it, mm-hmm. principally, this whole thing, I keep saying that the policy, um, um, uh, the policy, was intended uh, to reduce the pressure on the currency first. Reduce the pressure on yeah, the but, currency. But the second, you, you sell it anyway. And you use, we'll sell it anyway. Yes, you use that money, the dollars you get to buy the oil. Yes. So it comes but, back but to the same thing. It, doesn't, it is not a zero-sum game. It is not. The advantage is that now we are able to more rationalize the gold, the, 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 the gold that we produce locally. Mm. We are able to take advantage of that to convert. Else, where would all this gold go? I mean, it, it, it will go where it, of course, it will go where it has to go. And, and the, challenge, it, the, challenge, the challenge also is that when they are to export their gold on their own, mm. per the arrangement, they are supposed to remit whatever proceeds they get. Mm-hmm. And how, how, what percentage is remitted back? A very small percentage is remitted back. And so we tend to lose out greatly on the export. No, but that's government that, policy. That, if government, government says policy. that X percentage should be remitted, it government, government should ensure policy. that that is done. And that's, so if government, and that's, that if, is, if, if government is failing to, to implement or enforce its own rules or regulations... Who do we blame for that? That is one thing, government after government, not unique to the Nigerian. Of course, government is, government is a continuum. We, we, we and, haven't and you, you been have able to, 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 to be able to take advantage of um, remittances from some of these exports. And so if now we are saying that rather than you export, at the same price that you are going to get out there, we are going to buy local. Mm. Remember, the producers of this gold, they have production costs that they have to take care of at their production levels. And they will need cities, not dollars, to pay their employees, mm. to buy for whatever they need at their production centers. So sell to us. We'll pay you cities. Mm. And then we are able to take advantage of that to reduce the demand of dollars in the system. And it inures to everybody's advantage, such that our level of inflation, our forex and the, the exchange rates will have a tap on it. It's very simple. Hmm. It is so, not a zero-sum game. It is not business as usual. So, so what, who are the players in this? I know there's BOG. I know there's PMMC on the government side. Who else is involved in this transaction? Obviously, obviously, when it comes to the purchase of uh, petroleum products, BOST has the capacity to be able to do these transactions. Keep mm-hmm. listening. Well, BOST itself was created for the purposes of providing facilities for storage and transportation of um, petroleum products across the country so that we have a uniform price such that if you're in Accra and you are buying petrol at a certain price, somebody in Bulgaria should be able to buy at the same, same age. So they have margins and all that that they play with. Bust has a capacity. Mm-hmm. And then from Bust, the BDCs can go to, the, to, 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 to Bust to offtake the product. And then, and then we, can, we can go on to the OMCs and all of that. So it is, it is the case of the BOG, the PMMC, one leg of it, provision of the gold, and the other, the other leg is, is taken by a boss who, is, who has the capacity to I was actually to referring to, to, to the people in the chain. So the BOG, boss, PMMC, the, the, the sellers of the uh, oil, for example. But we understand that they cannot always take gold as commodity because they may not need it. They want cash. They want dollars. But gold is always tradable. Yes, but they are not in a position to trade it. That's not their business. They don't have a commodity platform. What they need is, bring me the cash, I'll give you the oil. That is what we have said. Mm -hmm. They could always be inside the... Yes, so my point is, so my point is, who who selects a broker? How is a broker selected? How how do we know that there's transparency in those selection processes? 
You see, it is, it is, it is, it is one thing that I've always also said, that these are tradable uh, at, at this point in time. It is Saturday morning. It is about um, 20 minutes to 10. Mm. We, 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 I mean, we could easily verify mm. where gold is selling, where this petroleum products are selling. And so it is not a case of somebody shouting or hiding some facts from anybody. This is a very transparent process that can be verified at any point. In time. Very well. Uh, Franklin, are you there? Welcome to the program. Um, uh, okay, so I, I, I do not have Franklin. This is a big issue. We are coming to you live from 97.3 City FM. We are discussing uh, the good for oil policy. Uh, we are asking whether it's a policy in need of more scrutiny. Uh, quite some revelation has been made this week. We all thought that good for oil is good for oil. But this week we heard that the 40,000 metric tons that came in a few weeks ago uh, were actually purchased by cash. That's a revelation from the deputy minister. And indeed, we've been told that there's always been two legs of it. One, you use, you monetize the gold to buy because some of the oil, you know, companies we're dealing with do not have a commodity trading platform. So you cannot actually use gold. But some you can use. So right from the beginning, like Honorable uh, uh, Fuseni has said, it was always going to be on two legs. You do with cash one, you do with butter, I mean, gold directly. That, that, that is butter. It, it, it was a bit uh, surprising. I would not know that from the beginning, at least majority of, of the public, until the Deputy Minister uh, said it. So here we are discussing the details of this particular um, arrangement. Um, I, uh, what was the name? ASEP, uh, uh, for example, has had cause to, to, to fear that this may lead to smuggling. You, you try to allay that. But let me, let me quote to you exactly what Ben Mwache of, of ASEP said in a piece he wrote some time ago, and I'll take your response or reaction to that. So government risks encouraging the smuggling of gold from the small-scale sector in the quest to monopolize the sector through its agencies. Government risks monopolizing the sector through its agencies. So the country has been struggling to account for volumes of gold produced in the small-scale sector for years because of tax evasion and illegal gold traders who aggressively compete on price. Making PMMC the sole gold buyer could be the worst that happened to government's efforts to raise tax revenue from the oil sector. Moreover, BOG's exchange rate would be less attractive to gold producers further risking the projected volumes needed for the gold for oil program. Well, what's your, what's your, your, your response I, to that? I, I still don't, don't see how that is feasible. Mm. If PMMC was buying at their own prices, mm. then it would have probably encouraged uh, or given the gold producers some motivation to look for other markets where they were going to get higher prices. Mm. But if PMMC is buying at, at the quoted world prices, what is the motivation for me to go through the trouble of smuggling this outside of the borders of Ghana to be able to sell it at the same price that PMMC is buying? Mm. It, is, it, is, it is very simple. It is very simple. Unless I need, uh, then, or, then again, unless again I, I need Forex to pay my workers at the production site or pay my production expenses, mm. I don't see why I won't take advantage of the fact that I am going to go through a safer process to get the same value for the gold that I'm going to get from PMMC. Mm. I don't know how this is going to encourage smuggling. So, so, so we had the first consignment, and we understand it was diesel. Mm. Uh, when are we expecting the next consignment? What is it going to be? 
what, what, what's the timelines like? Are we going to get this periodical? I mean, how is it going to happen? I am, I am, I am, I am not too, uh, but I, I know there are some about three mm -hmm. transactions. I cannot give you the exact timelines. Mm -hmm. I know there are about three transactions happening to, mm -hmm. today. But essentially, what we are saying is that this is still at a piloting stage. Mm -hmm. Currently, we have taken delivery of 40,000 metric tons. Mm -hmm. And in the mix, given, sure our consumption level, given our consumption level, Monthly. That is about 10% of what we need monthly. 10%. I'm sure that's even gone already. At a time that, in fact, surprisingly, mm. uh, the BDCs started supplying this particular consignment a couple of days ago, three, four days ago. Mm. We still have three, four days ago. So mm. if you realize, uh, I think the prices at, um, at Goyle mm -hmm. for diesel dropped by 50 pesos when they picked their first consignment mm. a couple of, about three days ago. It moved from five, 15 points. Well, what I realized though was that, I mean, diesel was a bit higher than, than, than uh, super. Currently. But currently, they are, they are, the, the difference is not as much. And, that, that is and are you attributing that to the good for oil? Oh, what, what we are saying is that it, it's bringing a level of stability. So, so that, is, the, that, that little you know, movement we've seen or change we've seen, you're attributing it to there's the good for oil. Item, there's a news, mm -hmm. uh, a news item that mm -hmm. attributed the, the fall in prices, particularly for, for diesel. Uh, for mm -hmm. diesel, mm -hmm. diesel at go mm -hmm. as a result of this policy. Mm -hmm. What we intend, or what government intends to do, is to ramp this up over time. Mm -hmm. Now we are doing 10%. By the time we are able to do 30, 40%, we are going to feel the impact more. Mm -hmm. Impact more because the city would have, would have, would have be, been experiencing less pressure mm -hmm. by, let's say, 200 million by the time we are able to hit 50%. Mm -hmm. By 200 million. Can you imagine that of the, of, the, of the expenses that we have to do every month, we have, we have found a creative way to go around having, uh, having uh, go around the demand for $200 million in Ghana? Mm. It's going to bring the stability on the foreign exchange front. And that, that, will, that will dovetail that into the other sectors. That will be in a year. It will dovetail into, 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 <laughs> well, that, into that, the that, other. That, on, on paper, that looks nice. I mean, it's to what we get from the Euro market. Exactly. But on, uh, that's on paper. That, that's on paper. That's we need on to, paper. We need to operationalize the make We all have to support this. Uh, very well. This so that, that's what we're having so, a discussion. So we, so we to, understand well, it more. We are able to pay cheaper. At, at the pumps. Very well. Let me bring in Franklin Kujo. Franklin, how are you? I guess you're well. Were you surprised to hear this week that we actually paid cash for the 40,000 metric tons of diesel or oil that we had assumed came in the country, into the country some weeks ago in this gold for oil deal or deal or arrangement. You know, good morning, my good friend, uh, my good friend in the studio, Honorable. Um, everybody could be better, really, uh, under these circumstances. Look, um, I don't think there was any need to rush this process. I don't think it was, there was a need to rush it at all. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. All right. I don't think there was any need to rush the process at all if you weren't ready. Um, there are deals like this all over the world, and I think this is not the first of its kind. I remember when we had this conversation, uh, contrary to the perception that it was innovating, we said way back in the 40s, this had been done, and so it wasn't over. So on your first step, especially when people have asked questions and were doubting, um, not necessarily doubting the deal, but doubting the processes leading to the deal, then there was no need for you to have come up short, really, and, and to think that you decided to pay cash when in actual fact uh, you were telling us something else. It's quite not, it's really quite not on. You remember the 
butter trade, the, the butter deal, uh, the Sino-Hydro butter deal as well. Remember when we said that, look, this whole deal, the Chinese were not interested in getting your bauxite. They were interested in getting your money. So you create an escrow account. You pay 8% of whatever money you're supposed to pay at any point in time. And then make sure that you deliver on your promise. So whether you sell the bauxite to Jamaicans or Norwegians, they, they really didn't care. Mm. And I thought they would have guided this same process as well. Anyway, uh, we've heard that this is the first of its kind. Reasons given are not sufficient for us. We think that there are still questions to be asked. Um, what is the mode of transmission of even this cash? We needed to know. Was it airlifted? Was it paid through? I thought this this transaction would have been paid through the wires, really, um, especially when we are talking about the capital flights in this part of our world. So we don't know what exact amounts were was transferred, and that's another question we need to, to to really be asking. And for me, what surprised me was the Deputy Bank of Ghana governor suggesting that he knew a portion of the deal but didn't know the other leg of the deal. No, I, I think what he said was the other and belonged to, like, was being handled by the PMMC, and that, I'm sure he wanted to restrict himself to what he was very sure about and what he could speak to authoritatively. Well, I don't think it was, it served as well, especially when you wanted to know how much of the money you're expending on Abia, how that money gets, where it gets to eventually, you know. So I think maybe it's a, it's a Bank of Ghana's probably... Uh, may call past suggesting that they probably didn't know any part of this deal and probably were not even interested in the first place. So however this is, I think it is important we get to the bottom of it. We need to know exactly how the cash was transferred, but that's very important. We don't know whether the excess is added. You know, like I said, you don't want to shroud this whole deal in some, you know, doubt. And and uh, I feel quite let down that even though we had concerns about this deal, it has come up rather short on its first on its first flight. But won't you also accept that the the arrangement is led to some uh, marginal? Uh, of course, there's been some increase, but the increase has not been as steep as we've seen uh, in the past on the diesel front. So when you look at the pumps today, Goyle especially, you realize that the difference is not as much as it used to be. Any time there, there were increases, you don't think that's something to be grateful for or to the program for. As well, I mean, as I, hear, as I hear, there wasn't any, was there a shortage around the world? Has there been a shortage of petrol and diesel around the world? Has there? I don't think so, I but it's, 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 what's happening in Nigeria. No, I mean, Nigeria has their own issues, right? But I'm not sure right. the Nigeria issue is due to, you know, a world problem. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a local Nigerian problem. But the point really of course, is that... Do you mean it has had an impact on the price? No, what, what I'm saying is that because this has been brought in and this is relatively cheaper and it is diesel, diesel, the price of diesel did not go up as it ought to because, you know, there was a way of, of, of cutting that steep increase it would, have, it would have taken. But how much of oil, how much of the diesel, how much of the cargo was brought in? Yes, About the, yeah, just 10% of what we need. But um, I mean, if, if analysis to determine whether it significantly impacted the entire uh, market, that's ninety percent of the market yet to sell, right? Anyway, look, no, nobody is saying that, that that deal may not have any advantages. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm surprised to learn that it has significant impact on the pricing window. 
I, I, I don't. Has there been any communication to that effect that it had a significant impact on the price? No, not significant. Place, not marg in marginal impact, perhaps. But it, 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 it is just ten percent of the entire thing. But you know, <laughs> it's just ten percent. But the point they are making is that even though it's just ten percent, it's it's. I mean, the signals are good. So we we'll look at the other the, the issues of the processes. But the objective to bring down the price of the commodity or the the. So was this a test transmission? Was it a test transmission or the deal had taken? But it's not his pilot. Frankly, so let, 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 just hold it there. I'll come back to you. Let, let, let me hear one minute from um, Nana Amoisi the Seventh, who's the Executive Director of the Institute of Energy Security. Nana, I, I recall you were on Zoom one of the very first times we discussed this year, and you were quite clear that this was not a good deal, and, and it was shrouded in so much, you know, uh, it was opaque, it wasn't very transparent, and all of that, and you wondered why government was going this way. Some water has passed under the bridge. Um, do you still hold the same views, or you think that there's now increased transparency, and now you can see the deal a bit more clearly? Thanks for having me on your show. I, I think at this point we've all had clarity mm. on our earlier pronouncement mm -hmm. that um, the deal lacks uh, transparency, mm. and uh, it's not just shrouded in secrecy, but uh, a lot of inconsistencies mm. and confusion. If you hear our own deputy energy minister comes to say, uh, we didn't exchange our fuel for, um, our gold for fuel, but we rather did cash. Mm. When uh, earlier on, they've given us all indications that mm -hmm. for this parcel, this is what, um, this is how they went about it. Mm -hmm. It becomes quite um, con confusing mm. at the point. And uh, we think that government can come out clear give indication uh, to everybody, not just where we are sourcing the fuel from, but then um, who is the intermediary mm. in this transaction? How was he elected or selected? On what basis? Mm. How much is the intermediary earning per every um, uh, metric ton deal that we do? Mm. If it's gold that we are exchanging or we are selling the gold for cash and take the cash and go and buy, um, who bought it and who is buying this and how much did we sell it for? We think that um, a lot of clarity can be brought to bear on this deal so that we can all be convinced that it's going to give us that value that we crave for. Mm -hmm. We are guided by incidents of the past. 1990, 1995, Iran oil for food program. In fact, the intermediary or the agency leg became the platform for, for wastage and corruption. Mm -hmm. Today, we have Nigeria's oil for fuel program. It is also plagued with wastage and corruption. And so we believe that butter trading in itself will not give you life for life, and somebody must lose in that very mm -hmm. frame. And so we believe that we need to get that assurance from government that, look, I am putting your resources to good use. Mm -hmm. I am generating value for you. And these are the indices to guide me as I go along. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we can also go relaxing and believing that government can really bring us uh, the value that we all crave for. Mm -hmm. You don't bring one parcel of diesel, 41,000 metric ton, and before it arrives, um, we've got indication that it's going to reduce fuel prices. Mm. That is a drop in an ocean, 41,000 metric ton. Mm. 
and like you indicated, just 10% of our monthly consumption, mm -hmm. and let's say 25% of our diesel demand every, mm -hmm. every month. And uh, how can just 25% dilute the entire market structure to bring us that very reduction that we, we, we are looking for? Mm. And we also see a subtle or clear attempt to push goal mm. to bring to bear on Ghanaians what government has projected a reduction. Few days ago, God did their, uh, uh, brought out their prices. Mm. Three days later, God is forced to bring down price again. If you are looking at what happened on international markets, Mm -hmm. Coupled with uh, the happenings on the domestic uh, forex market, mm -hmm. there, is, there is every indication that diesel price should go up by more than 9%. Mm -hmm. But what did we see? Some 5%. Then we come back again three days later, and gold reduces price. Mm -hmm. This same government owes gold more than 320 million Ghana cities. Okay? When you push and all your marketing company to be doing some of these things, you are asking the company to begin to accept losses, mm -hmm. and it impacts on their books, and at a point, they can't function the way they need to function. Mm -hmm. and so we think that governments should be careful about the whole arrangement, bring clarity to bear on it. And you see, if government tells us that, I am doing this program to assure fuel supply security, in fact, I will take it, uh, you know, even though it will be hard for me, I'll absorb it to some extent. But to tell every Ghanaian that my program is going to reduce fuel prices significantly, mm -hmm. it is something that can never work. Mm -hmm. That's not how the market works. I see. Wait, I think I need to take a break, uh, but I don't even know whether to, to go to Frank. Let, let, Frank, let me hear you. Want, let, in two seconds, quickly. Let me, I want to take a break. You know what? You know what? It's an extension of thought, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is... Uh, let, let, we'll, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the thought discussion. This is the big issue. Uh, my guest, um, uh, Honorable Fuseni Issa, former MP, Kakwe, not former member of the Finance Committee of Parliament, Nana Musi, the seventh executive director, IES, uh, Franklin Kujo, president of Money Africa, and Kweku Rikitagan, who joins us pretty soon, MP for... Cape Coast South and former regional minister, central region, former deputy minister of finance. We'll take a short break, return, and then look at the other legs of this particular discussion on the good for oil policy. Don't go away. City 97.3. Accra. City 97.3. Accra. Everything must change. Everything must change.
very big welcome to our TV viewers. Uh, we are looking at two key issues this week uh, that have come up this week. The goal for oil policy. Um, people think that it's been shrouding a lot of secrecy, lacks transparency. The deal or the arrangement and the process is very opaque. Of course, one of my guests disagrees. He thinks it's the best thing that has happened to us so far as a country. Uh, uh, my guest, um, the Honorable Inusa Fuseni, MP for... Uh, sorry, it's, all, it's always a problem. Honorable Fuseni Isa, Honorable Fuseni Isa, who is a former MP for Kankwe North and a former member of the Finance Committee of Parliament. Nana Moisi, the seventh executive director, Institute for, of Energy Security. Uh, the Honorable Kwekuri Hagan, member of Parliament, Cape Coast South. Uh, held many portfolios, Deputy Finance, Deputy Trade, and Central Regional Minister. Franklin Kujo, who is President of Imani Africa. These are my guests for this segment of the program. Later on, we will look at the school placement, um, whether it's a flood system or not. We hear that people are now paying huge sums of money to have their awards posted or placed in top-tier schools, as much as 20,000 cities, etc., being paid to get children into Wesley Girls, Presec, etc. What's happening? How can we uh, um, improve the system? How can we take out the corruption and make it fair so that you are placed on merit and not whether you have deep pockets or not? Of course, private schools have also complained that it appears public schools are favored in the placements you know, above them. What is the truth in that? Is there a policy rationale? Is there a quota system there? What really is the situation? We also understand that because of that, a lot of people who school in the private schools go to register in the public schools so that when they do well a bit, they can be posted to or placed in very top schools. We don't know whether all these are true. We'll find out in the next segment of the program. Uh, so back to the oil for good for oil policy. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, gentlemen, once again, you're welcome. Uh, Honorable Ricky Hagan, I recall that when this matter came up, you said it was a daft idea. I recall vividly on this program. You said it was a daft idea. Now we have the 40,000 tons in the system being sold around, BDC, everybody appears to be having a bit of it. And, and we are understanding that the movement or the, the price change, as far as um, diesel is concerned, it's not been as steep as it would have been because of the, the, the gold for oil, the 40,000 metric tons that came. That surely should be good news. That is objective. You still think it's a daft idea a few, few weeks on? Oh, it's even worse than that. Really? Uh, first of all, uh, good morning to your, uh, to my, my, my friends on the, on the panel, to, to yourself, and Happy New Year. I haven't yes, seen yes, you. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. Happy New Year, too. And uh, good morning to our viewers uh, this morning. And Cape Coasters. And Cape Coasters, of course. It's really crazy, mm. you know, that uh, we should embark on this journey without actually doing any proper, you know, um, such findings as to whether what we are talking about itself is actually even practical. Mm. It looks like this is some kind of a unilateral agreement, a unilateral commodity agreement mm. within the global space of commodity market. Mm. And for me, that is where the problem lies. Because this becomes a distortion to both the market and even to us in mm. Ghana. And let me try and explain yes. that. First of all, you say that, or the BDCs, 
have made us know that we spend about 400 million a month, a month dollars a month. Okay. Now we have deregulated the market. So basically, the BDCs find their own private money, uh -huh. and then of course they come to Bank of Ghana for for the dollars, which they need the dollars. These are more or less like a supplier's credit or a short-term facility that they are taking, which they will have to come back and pay. Unfortunately, or, or well, unfortunately, because they buy the oil in dollars and sell to domestic consumers in cities, they in the end mop up cities, which they have to use in paying Bank of Ghana, but will be the equivalent. Mm -hmm. So we are in this, if they were to sell, and suppose you are in the U.S. market, and then you sell in dollars, and then go and take your stock in dollars, dollars you wouldn't have a problem. But then because we are cities, therefore that's why we rely on, they rely on Bank, Bank of Ghana. Mm -hmm. But it's actually private funds that they are using to do that. Now, so first of all, if you want to go, if we have deregulated the system, if you want to go back to some kind of a regulation, which is this policy suggest, mm -hmm. first of all, you must be ready <clears throat> that you actually have 400 million worth of gold. Not dollars, mm -hmm. because you have provided the BDCs yeah. with dollars. But you have $400 million worth of gold mm -hmm. every month that you can exchange for oil. Mm -hmm. You know, what it's but they say it may not be total. Maybe they are 50%, that's fine. Well, you know, now, let's build the case. Mm -hmm. Then, that's, that's one. Mm -hmm. Number two is that how much... Um, what is it called? Gold. Do you buy? That is the central central government. Mm -hmm. You have central government. You have P PMC. Mm -hmm. They are the ones supposed to come up with this gold. Mm -hmm. Now, between the two of them, they do about 120 million dollars worth mm -hmm. of gold. Roughly 60 million by by Bank of Ghana. 60 million by you know uh, PMMC. Let's say PMMC because it's their business probably do slightly more. That is short of the 400 million worth, and I'm, I'm assuming that the gold is, uh, the oil is being bought, you know, from the market mm -hmm. at a market price. Okay. Now they are telling us that they are doing, as I said, unilateral deal with somebody, whether it's a country or whether it's an individual or whether it's a, a, a petroleum product firm, to get a better deal than what they will get in the market. Mm -hmm. Normally, these things will happen with country to country where you are in some difficulties and then you are good friends with Venezuela or you are good friends with Russia and the Russia is going through the sanctions that they are going through at the moment and they want to obviously divert the selling of their oil somewhere else and because of the pressures on them they can do it at some discount mm -hmm. so you take advantage of it but that even is not sustainable because that's a, a geopolitical situation yes, soon, yeah. if that changes you don't have a policy yeah. okay now Third, if you want to give gold to somebody, that person, even if that person wants gold, must have the capacity to receive gold. Mm -hmm. Wanting gold and the capacity to receive it are two different things. What do I mean by that? To have the capacity to receive gold, you must have a wing or a partner mm -hmm. who is in the commodities market of buying gold because your business is in the petroleum, petroleum mm -hmm. product, finished product. So if somebody is bringing you gold, that is even if you need it, mm -hmm. you must have the capacity. 
because you are not a central bank mm -hmm. where you can say that you are building a gold reserve, okay. therefore you are buying gold and all that. And your business model is to sell for cash, mm -hmm. get a small margin on. The price of the crude itself is determined in the market by OPEC countries or, you know, and then that trickles down to the, the, the finished product or what you call the, the uh, what is it called, the downstream mm -hmm. product that you, 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 you get. You know. So if you are dealing with companies that don't have the capacity to take gold, even if they have the desire to take it, mm -hmm. you can't do business with them. Because they don't have an arm that will take this gold that you'll be bringing in presumably every month. So if you don't have that, and even if they make a temporary arrangement with you that they will do, at the point of sale, mm -hmm. what will happen is what has happened to us. Okay. At the point of sale, the guys don't have capacity to take gold, mm -hmm. so now you have to pay them cash. To pay them cash and claim that you have two streams or one stream or whatever you have really that make a mockery of the whole thing mm. because it defeats all the benefit that your policy is supposed to give us and one of the benefits as you know is to be able to help us hold on to the city in terms of its depreciation against the u.s dollars mm. now if you're going to end up with cash then what's the point mm -hmm. okay so that's one secondly you are supposed to be able to get us a much lower fuel prices because you are going out there to make this negotiation, presumably to buy it cheaper. They claim they are getting it cheaper. They claim the oil prices we are getting are better than otherwise would have been if they haven't gone for that arrangement. Mm. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. But as far as I'm concerned, oil prices are going up. Mm. You can say that, okay, Crude prices, as they go up or go down, it has a, it's directly proportional to the, the price at the pump. So basically, to go into this arrangement where all these things are not firmly in place, mm. one would have thought that to come up with this policy, you have done some search that there are companies out there who I supply this petroleum, who are interested in getting, in, in, in getting gold and have the capacity mm. to take gold. Mm. So this doesn't seem, this arrangement doesn't seem to be firm. Mm. And then yourself, the amount of gold that you need to buy, you don't seem to be getting that in the market. Whether you buy from small scale um, gold, you buy from say you buy from, you know, um, what is it called, people at the middle or uh, large scale companies, you are not making that 400 million. Therefore, you've shot yourself in the foot before you started. Mm. It's not going to be sustainable. Now you say, oh, even if you get 50%, mm. that's okay. Let's, let's presume that that's, that's fine. Mm. But you have failed from the very onset. Such policy is definitely not going to be consistent. But I, I don't think they said from the beginning that, you know, it's going to be 100% gold for oil. <laughs> I think what they tried to say is that a good chunk of it will be gold for oil so that that can help reduce the price of the fuel at the pump. And, and I think that's, that, that's what they've been saying. I don't know if you've gone back to look at exactly what they said. Mm. You know, it's, it's going to be entirely at, at the moment what do you, what do you say gold for oil mm. now i'm out to imagine that it will not be all gold but somewhere along the line you see because what informs that this is 100 percent gold mm. for oil is 
in the details in terms of what the policy is supposed to benefit us. Okay. If the benefit of the policy is to stay away from using cash so that the city can appreciate against the USD, then you are not going to tell me that uh, it's not entirely... Well, but, but I think the point is, if uh, you expect that the city will appreciate maybe 20% against the dollar, that is at 100%, $400 million mm. worth of gold, yeah. and you raise half of that, the appreciation will be 10%, and that is quite significant to help us well, manage our... Have, our you, have you seen that appreciation? I well, I mean, it. it is just a drop in the ocean. Yeah. It is just 10%. It is absolutely a drop in the ocean. Therefore, you don't come up with a policy that you cannot actually see. But it's a pilot. And it's not good. You know, that's even the worst. Mm. That makes it... Look, you manufacture... What cars are we manufacturing in the country now? Toyota, Suzuki... I mean, if you... No, the ones that uh, the government has brought in. Good. Mm. We're bringing in this okay. assembly. Okay. I think it's VW or yes, something like VW, that. Okay. VW, yes. When we say tests, mm -hmm. it means you are testing what you are going to roll out. Mm-hmm. So you, you manufacture a VW, and you are going to test it. Mm -hmm. You don't test Toyota. Mm -hmm. If you say VW is what you are going to test and roll it out. Mm -hmm. If you say you're going to do gold for oil, you don't test, do you te you don't test cash. You know, oil against cash. <laughs> but he said that it was it's <laughs> two, it's, it's so, two legs. So, so, what they are doing is, so what they are doing is not a, a test. Can I, can I finish? No, let, let, let can I finish? Yeah. What they are doing is not a test. Because what they are testing is completely different from what they are testing is cash, not yeah, gold. No gold. But it's part of their two legs. <laughs> <laughs> two legs that is, I've never heard of any two legs. <laughs> i never heard of any two streams until my cousin Ejapa put it out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then look, what is even worse, and that's what I'm telling you, is move from, we have a central <laughs> bank, we have, we have a, a central bank governor, deputy governor mm -hmm. of the central bank. Mm -hmm. goes to a uh, committee in parliament what was the, what's uh, their name public accounts, public accounts. I you I remember. and i'm not a, I'm a member of public account and uh, i know public accounts but i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to the committee and say that they ask you how much what did you, first of all not even how much what did you use in buying the oil is it gold or cash and he said i don't know I can't answer that no, question. Exactly. Uh, what, what I know is that he said the ounces of gold used, he has to check. But, but, but to be fair to him... I mean, you're a, a, gov a deputy no, governor of... To, the no, to be fair to him, he was there to answer questions on accounts. I mean, Auditor General's reports. And this matter came up. So, so, so to be fair, I'm not so, sure so, he would be... So he was not, he was not prepared. Uh, maybe. That's why he kept saying that you have to get <laughs> back to them. Let's Given that there are a lot of things let's in the economy... Let's he, let's he, let's he, give you know, a, I mean, this is one of the crucial things. So, so in your view, because it's so Look, crucial and topical, we should have known about it. It's like somebody asking me what's the inflation rate. And I said that, well, I came here to talk about something else, so I don't know the inflation rate. No, no, I'm the deputy finance minister. Uh, you know. Oh, but no. you've been a deputy uh, minister for trade and industry. Oh, oh, you were a, a little while ago, you were asking the cars that we have manufacturing in Ghana. 
No, but he got it right. He said, ultimately, but he wasn't upsetting. He got it right. Say, we are manufacturing no, no, this of your Listen, I can it act, is, I can ask case. to be, I can ask to be reminded. But before you even reminded me, I remembered it. <laughs> okay, you never told me that. You never told me that. I mentioned it. Okay, and I and I also went ahead and said that it's a good thing if you remember that I said that's a good thing. Like like go for oil. Yes. I, oh, no, no, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. So, this whole thing is, first of all, again, we look at it, and then you say that, okay, fine, let's say it's a, it's a fantastic policy or whatever, but if you are going to do such a transaction, Article mm -hmm. 181 mm -hmm. of the Constitution clearly says things like international that international transaction, you are not doing it at Kokumpi, you are doing it in, um, you know, Middle East, mm. but the oil is coming but, but from... But it's a private arrangement that we've said many times. The Bank private of Ghana's rule, really, is to facilitate, to, to ensure that the gold is, is, is bought and all of that, and the exchange happens. So Who is for, buying it? No, for, for a lot let's, of... Let's be clear no, on this for, for, No, he will tell us. The transparency yes. that is what... You know, this whole thing is shrouded in some kind of a secrecy. Mm. The moment... You bring in taxpayers' money. Mm -hmm. It is no longer private. Mm -hmm. Okay? We had an existing arrangement where the Bank of Ghana lends money, was a supplier's credit or whatever, to support a private individual who has their own money mm -hmm. and use it to buy this, this thing, whatever even if you are paying in cities. Mm -hmm. That is the regulation. We run a deregulated system. If government is going to intervene, maybe rightly so, mm -hmm. to help, the right things must be done. Well, so, so it's interesting to see the agreement. This Who the parties in the agreement exactly. will be. But Whether the BOG or government of Ghana is, is a that, party to the agreement. That's also, that's also my concern. That is why it should come to Parliament. Mm -hmm. So that we know exactly, even if it's for information purpose, mm -hmm. to tell Parliament that, yes, we are using government money, or we are using Bank of Ghana money, or we are buying the gold on behalf of these guys, but even if it's not a government kind of thing. But again... The question then becomes, where is the money to buy the gold in the first place coming, coming from? Very well. It is not in the budget. Mm. You never told us that you'll be buying gold. Therefore, it's not in the budget. So you have no revenues that you have ring-fenced to do that. Mm. That's number one. Number two, even if you are borrowing the money, short-term or long-term to do that, Parliament should know. Parliament should know of any debt arrangement that we are having. Mm. Don't forget that we have crystal, crystallized a, 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 a deficit mm. which is being funded by borrowing. Mm. Therefore, if you come up with any outside borrowing which is not in the budget, we have to be able to interrogate that and make sure that, first of all, what is, your, what is the agreement? The trading agreement itself, mm. as we are saying, who are the parties we are dealing with? The last time we, 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 people were people were jet off to Middle East, mm -hmm. United Arab Emirates, to bring cheap oil, to bring cheap oil, yeah. and the oil is now coming from Russia. Mm. It rings a bell. COVID. No, but I, I thought <laughs> you no, know I, they, I thought this was from Dubai. Well, they told me I had this from some company starts with an L from Russia. Letasco. Letasco. Office also in UAE. Letasco has an office. Okay. Okay. So this one in particular is coming from UAE. Honorable Fusain, you can help us. Okay, all right. So, yes, a lot of this. You get there. Look, so, if you could wrap up. Look, um, where a product is coming from might not necessarily mean that is where it originates from. Mm. 
they could be a Russian company based in the United Arab Emirates. Mm -hmm. But that Russian company is a Russian oil company mm -hmm. that presumably gets its oil from so Russia. Russia. I don't think that a Russian company will be sitting in a, a UAE and, and getting oil from UAE. There are better people who can do that mm -hmm. than them. Mm -hmm. So it is a competitive advantage. Why they are located there? Because they are able to bring cheap Russian oil. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you will have a middleman who is an Arab mm -hmm. somewhere there. COVID, that's where COVID comes into mind. You got a middleman who is buying COVID from us, but the person is from the, is from, is from the UAE. You see, the, the secrecy issue about this, lack of transparency, the feasibility of the whole thing is not, is not feasible. It doesn't look right. And then again, you talk about the legitimacy of it, which is to do with whether this thing should be in parliament or not, mm -hmm. and then if we are not careful, we will be bordering around criminality, mm -hmm. depending on the source of where this is. Who are we dealing with? Mm -hmm. They say a Russian company sitting in, in UAE. Who has done a background on these companies? And know maybe, exactly. maybe, maybe they've done that. <clears throat> maybe they'll have to put out that well, with, with time. But so, they haven't shown well, any of us anything. No, I'll come to you. Yeah, just, just, just soak the bullets, and, and I'll give you time so, to soak so, it. Soak it. You, you, you have a lot to answer. <laughs> Questions to answer. Yes. So, so <laughs> he's saying it's not feasible. the current arrangement, you also raised issues about transparency. It's not the same. What can we be doing? What should government be doing to clean up this deal? Or they should just pack baggage and leave? Okay. So, um, we met CESO's uh, met uh, MPA. Mm -hmm. We met BOST mm -hmm. on the same transaction. Okay. Even though the presentation they made, the two entities were quite different. Mm -hmm. They were sitting at the same table, but the presentation they gave us were different. Mm. But then Boston says that this is the best. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, the, the first solution, they, according to them, seeking to introduce is uh, that they are making sure that there is enough dollars mm -hmm. in the system to ease the pressure on the demand of the dollar mm -hmm. by the BDCs. That's the first thing they sought to convince us to accept. If that is the case, then if you use the cities, of which we are still asking questions, where are you getting the cities from mm -hmm. to go and mop up the uh, gold from the field? Mm -hmm. Where are you getting that money from? That's a, a question I'm sure Honorable can help us. Now you've gotten the gold. Yeah. The gold in itself is dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Our question is, are you selling the gold to a known entity for dollars, if you have dollars, then you mean that in our votes, mm -hmm. there's dollars, dollars that BDCs can source from. Yeah. That pressure is taken off. Why jet off with the same amount to go and buy the product yourself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your history guy tells us that boss is not a good trader mm -hmm. when it comes to oil. Or fuel. Okay. And let me go back a bit. The name oil, gold for oil yeah. itself, is quite confusing. Mm -hmm. The moment you touch on oil, what comes to mind is crude oil. Mm -hmm. This is good for fuel. They should go and correct it mm -hmm. and bring clarity to bear on that. And so Maybe if you... Grow, the arrangement to grow, that they will, in the end, revamp to bring oil proper for refining in all fact, of that. In fact, the so they need name Mesa has assured us that in February, tour will start. Yes, and we'll then a new to, refinery is actually going we'll to start We'll come working. to that yes. one, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So if the idea is to ease the pressure on the mm -hmm. dollar, and you have gotten gold, 
sell the gold, get your dollar in our reserve in votes. Mm -hmm. So that BDCs can source for it. So you take yourself out of it. So you take yourself out of the loop. Mm -hmm. If you also need parts of it, also apply for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you want to capture almost 50% of the market yourself. And that means that you are ready to generate dollars to the tune of about $200 million mm -hmm. per month. Mm. Do you have that capacity? We think that government should, 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 should provide more clarity. clarity on this. And that's why Honorable Fusain is here. Uh, how much gold they exchange for in dollar to get about 40 million. In fact, how much is the price of the cargo? Mm -hmm. That 41,000 metric ton. How much is it? Who supplied that oil? Mm -hmm. And if it's true that it's coming from uh, Russia, we only pray that it's not a contraband good. Mm -hmm. um, how much did we get the oil for? That's the price. Then the premium. Did we get it for it at a discount or at a premium? Because from our own desktop calculation, Graphic reported that the 41,000 metric ton, they got it for almost $40 million. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that's about $900 per metric ton there, about $960 per metric ton. But, but if, if they got it for about $40, 40 million, that, that's, that should be fine. Because if every month we, we, we expend about $400 million, and this is just 10% of that, mm -hmm. then it, it works out to be the same, right? It doesn't work out to be the same. Mm. See, Honorable Ricker said that you are even trying to distort a deregulated market. Mm. You bring 10% of our monthly need, mm -hmm. and you are trying to ensure that whatever reduction you got on your premium mm. is coming to the markets, and everybody, the other 90%, Supply wherever they got it from, they should follow the lead because gold is the market leader, mm. controlling almost about 21% of the market. Mm. What are you trying to do to the market? You're trying to tell the others that follow gold and make losses mm. because they didn't get it at your uh, lower premium. It's not discounts, mm. they got it at a premium okay. of about $90 per metric ton. Mm. Some BDs are bringing it at $120. Others are also getting for $90 per metric ton. We have one BDC that gets it. Mm. But the other ones, what becomes of them? Mm. You I are see. distorting the market with your 10%. And this is not sustainable in the sense that you will be collapsing a market. At a point in time, they, all the BDCs will say, bring the product yourself. Mm. Do you have that muzzle to bring all that, that volume of product? Mm. That's a question. I see. But to conclude, I still insist that. Honorable Fuseni should tell us where we got the fuel from, at what price, <laughs> at what premium. He's put on his tablet. Who, who, bought, who bought that parcel of gold for dollars, mm -hmm. of which they went buying with cash? Okay. All right. Fr Fr Franklin. Let me, let me, let me, let me yes. deal with Franklin. So that we, There's so many issues. Let me Franklin then. <laughs> no, I thought Franklin would add his then. I didn't want the time to do it. Franklin, um, you know... Um, is there not a thing to be said for, for this program that, you know, there's an escrow account, the BOG, together with others are working. So they, they put the money there, there's a broker, and when the money is ready, the oil company takes the money. Is that not a tidy arrangement? Is that not how it's supposed to be? Well, you know, if it were the case, we wouldn't have to be discussing this matter at all. Look, I think the CSO Alliance put out a statement um, during the week. And let me just... Um, reiterate a few of the issues, the risk factors uh, associated with this program that they cited from the Ghana 
Extractive Industry Transparency Initiative report. You know, first of all, there is the absence of a bias selection criteria mm-hmm. in respect of the off-taker uh, of Ghana's gold. There is the absence of supply selection criteria in respect of the supply of petroleum products. No disclosure of pricing policy for Ghana's gold. No disclosure of pricing policy for the petroleum products purchased. Lack of clarity on how the transaction costs under the program would be covered. <coughs> no disclosure of the means by which government intends to raise money to finance its gold for oil purchases. I mean, these are clear policy issues that must have been, you know, uh, dealt with even before this policy took off. But we don't know. That's why we are all asking questions. Who bought it? Um, how much gold? How much of the gold was traded for these forty thousand tons of refined product? At what price was the gold traded for? How much gold has been purchased up to date under the program? And what's the source of financing for the purchase of the gold, as it was not pro- provided for in the budget? These are clear questions that ought to be answered, and I'm sure Honorable Fuseni is well prepared to answer. But taking copious notes. No, why is the gentleman, my good friend, Doctor, the gentleman from the vice president's office, who Doctor Mahama uh, Kaburi, Kaburi? Yes, did you call him? Because I think he had he would have answers than uh, my good friend Hussein. No, they, they, I think they, they are all in the same team, so they they they, they share answers. So let, 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 let's let's see let's let's let, let's hear the answers from 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 Inusa. Inusa, what a number of questions that 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 you have to answer. You know, I don't know where you want to take it from. I mean, right. where is the oil coming from and all of that? Right. Um, oh, yeah, a number of them. So just, just go through it. As, as, yeah, as so quite, your thoughts. I'll start by saying that um, it is not the intention of government to distort the market. Mm. The government's interest is to ensure that we have stability on our economic, economic front. We are able to create the macroeconomic stability. We think that the, the issue of our currency, it's been perennial. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every now and again, it comes up, and then we, we needed to resolve it. If you look at the policy framework, the major object of the policy was to bring stability in our forex market. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thinking is that even if we are able to ramp up to half of our monthly consumption, it takes $200 million off the amount of dollars we would need to be able to fuel this economy. Mm-hmm. And so it is not. And, and the other bit is also that when these products come in to bust, it is not exclusive to go. Mm-hmm. Other BDCs are, are also um, are, who are capable can go to bust to, to take the product. So it is not a case of um, government um, funding this through goal and asking other people who get the products from other sources to follow the lead created by goal. Other BDCs could go and take. And for me personally, sometimes I've sat back and even asked myself whether in this whole scheme of pricing products, we actually need BDCs who are middlemen. Yes, maybe because of the exchange rate exposures and managing, we probably need them in the, in the chain to be able to manage the availability of the product and the case of the challenges we have every now and again with our currency. That's fine. But it could also be a case where the OMCs could get their products directly. If we, if we reduce the number of um, 
um, entities within the channel. Mm -hmm. Is the final consumer at the pump going to benefit because the profit margins taken by all the different entities along the channel will be will be will be will be will be reduced? That that is that is that is one argument that I think of personally sometimes, mm -hmm. and I don't know how we can go around it. Honorable mm -hmm. well, Rikere, he again asks the question of whether we are able to get $400 million worth of gold available every month. Mm -hmm. Nobody said that we want to do the entire $400 million a month, just like we have in our energy mix. There's thermal, there's hydro, there's some level of solar. At every point in time, depending on the mix that we have, mm -hmm. we'll determine the final pricing. So if we are able to even do half of this, I think that it's, it's a huge um, um, stability that we are going to bring in the in, in the, in the in the forex forex market for us who uh, is this a case of us taking advantage of geopolitics happening mm -hmm. we are dealing with uh, market participants like litasco this is a even if it's a, it's a russian company but it's a company which is global everywhere where not they, about they have the current some sanctions from the west they they might i mean they might be affected yeah, what does we that saw mean what us? happened we saw how, what happened to Chelsea Football Club over time. Mm -hmm. Now they are, they are, they are, they've come through the sanctions and all of that. They are recovering. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is a case that we are not going to do anything and that, that is not consistent with our foreign policy. Mm -hmm. Ghana as a nation, we have stated clearly our, our, our stance on whatever is happening in that region between mm -hmm. Russia and Ukraine. We, we've been consistent with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we are going to do anything that is going to be inconsistent with the stance that we have taken mm -hmm. in, in the geopolitics happening in that region. But I don't think that patronizing and, fuel and, from, from, and the case, from, the from case just like, just like, Russia, just like we, he we mentioned, you might be dealing with a company called Litasco. Mm -hmm. You might be dealing with a company called Litasco. Mm -hmm. And the, presumably, this company should be in somewhere in Moscow or something. Mm. But given how businesses are done, particularly with global companies, it might even be in Arab or dealing independent of what's happening in Russia. Who knows? And for that details, I am not. But I, what I want to say is that I don't think that we would do anything contrary to the, the, the stance we have taken uh, in, in, in the foreign, foreign, foreign uh, policy front. So it is, it is also not a... Nobody said that we necessarily have to buy this product at a discount. Mm. Our object is the stability with the currency and the advantage that it brings. We have said continuously, two critical factors that affect how much I am going to pay for petrol when I get out of here is the exchange rates and the world, world market um, for, for crude and, and for finished products. So if we are able to control the exchange rate and bring some stability, mm -hmm. ultimately it is going to reflect at the pump and that, that is the object of the... So it is not a case of us necessarily or some, somebody touting the fact that we are going to get this product at a discount. If we do, maybe because of the country-to-country -country, um, uh, <laughs> system that we want to run. If we do, so be it. The ultimate beneficiary is the Ghanaian at the pump. Mm. If we do, that's fine. If we're able to get this product at a discount, that's fine. We're not going to say because other BDCs are getting this product at, like he said, $120 per metric ton. If we, if we get it at 19 the mix at every point in time will determine the ultimate price at the pump. And it's, it's not an A. The monetization of, of, of the gold. You see, when, when the Deputy Minister for Energy spoke, he didn't mention cash at any point in time. He didn't. He, what he said was that the gold that we have was monetized. Mm. Was monetized. And that necessarily doesn't involve the physical movement of cash. No. 
No. It could be a broker who has said that I'm going to buy this gold at this, and then I'm going to deal with the, but with the, the other not, party. this not the if, issue if it is clarify. done If it is done internally in mm -hmm. Ghana, then you will say that it's a zero-sum game where ultimately we still need the dollars too. But if this monetization is done outside of Ghana, it shows that we have still made some gains by not having to look for the physical hard currency U.S. dollar to be able to get this product. Mm. So there is still a huge advantage in there for us as a nation. So it is not a case of, and, and we didn't use gold, but we used cash. We have said, and per the model that I have seen, Abinishio, from when it started, it has been very clear that there are two legs of it. And as to whether companies like Litasco, whether they deal only in, in, in petroleum products and, and crude, and so they don't have the capacity to deal with other commodities. I mean, these this are tradable commodities. Anywhere, even if we have to bring in another institution to be able to broker between the gold and... These are, these are verifiable. Verifiable. It is, it is getting to 10 today. We can sit but, but here do, do, and we will know the pricing yes, of gold do, do you know and we will know gold, how much gold you know we have to gold was monetized or used in exchange for the 10% sell up. Even the deputy, minister, uh, the deputy governor says that he has to, he has to verify. And you don't expect me to sit here and, and so mention it, 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 it is the fact that he, he had gone to the committee for another issue and mm -hmm. this matter had come up. But you came here for this. I, I, I have come here for, yeah, for yes. this. I, 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 I don't want to mention an, an amount because mm -hmm. there has been some reportage somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I am sure that this is, this is something that we could easily verify. Okay. Even given, given the transaction, mm -hmm. whether it was spot, whether it was forward, all of this could affect the, the amount of, of gold that we had to exchange. And mm -hmm. so it is, it is not something that we need to overly... Yes, I, I agree. I agree that people want to verify certain aspects of it. That is, that is, and, that is and totally where is the Bank of Ghana getting the money from to, to buy this gold from the people? Remember, remember the, the Bank of Ghana serves as the government bank. I mean, mm. it, it's... So a, it prints its, its own money? I am not saying printing, mm. but the, the government keeps an account. Bust who is bringing in the product. It's a totally government So it's the people's money, I am, more or less, right? I mean, if it's the people's money. I'm getting to a point. Yeah. So the talk about this being an international you know, agreement or transaction, for which reason the people's representative should know about or should know what's going on. What's your take on that? Using the people's money to purchase something... I've had reference yes. to Article 181 of yes. the Constitution, mm -hmm. which requires that every transaction that involves um, international parties should actually come to Parliament. That is what our constitution says. Mm. In this case, is this the first time BOST is buying fuel? Mm. Is it part of the mandate for BOST to be able to pr uh, provide the, or make the fuel uh, products available? Mm. Is, is BOST doing something contrary to the, 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 the legislation that set up BOST? Mm. If it is beyond what BOST was actually set up to do, then I will agree. But if it is within the framework, that's why we have said that there are two arms of it, of this transaction at every point in time. The first one is making sure that we have enough gold that we could exchange for the products, and the other one is making the products available. Mm. So if, if DOG and PMMC are in a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship to ensure that at every point in time we have a certain amount of gold that could be exchanged for a certain amount of it. BOG, it is not a business of BOG or PMMC to go to the market to, to, to shop for and, and, and get the full product. It is a business of BOSS to do it. Mm -hmm. And BOSS takes delivery of it. And BOSS actually is what has been set up to ensure that they have facilities to, 
to store those uh, so, distributed so along the how about the, the So what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. if it is ultra-virus to the mandate of BOSS, then it's another how, thing. How about if the it suggestion? is not, then yes. I don't really see how, about how, how about Article 181 kicks in. How about the suggestion that, you know, uh, yes, you want to use gold for this, trade the gold, keep the money with the Bank of Ghana, open it up to the BDCs who are interested, like it's always been done, so that you have enough dollars provide for, to provide for them to do this on their own. It's the same gold arrangement. It takes, you know, BOG and PMC all out of this. It makes the process cleaner and tidier. I, I, I still think that, um, like, like we have said, there's a policy that has just started. Mm -hmm. We are dealing with just 10% of our requirement. Mm -hmm. Over time, we want to ramp up. We are make, like doing the learnings. You can have the best of policies on paper. Mm -hmm. Think through it. When you start to roll it out, it is for you to get feedback yes. as to what needs or what could be improved with the policy. Mm -hmm. And so if people are asking for transparency, if people are bringing suggestions, I think it's the right thing for us to do so, as so, a nation at this time. Yes. But nobody should tell us that this is a zero-sum game. No, mm -hmm. it isn't. So, so the cheapness of the oil, I mean, it, that, that's the whole idea, I think. And, and, and everybody wants cheaper oil. That, that's cheaper about good oil. That, that's good. But what to be cheaper than oil that you refine yourself? These are finished products then coming again, into the system. Then again, he, the he issue about tall, yeah. you know, and, and the other refineries, mm. where are we with that? We, we, we've I, we've I, had promises in the past I, I that tall will start working X number of months. Later, nothing happens. We are told it's an issue of investment. Now we are being told that government is, 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 is facilitating um, a certain private you know, refinery that will come on stream very soon. What's the plan for Tor? And I, I'm sure I, the I workers there Tor, continue to draw salaries every month. Tor, What's the Tor, output? Tor, Tor has been a, a huge problem. I mean, obviously. Why are we not solving it? Why I, can't I, we solve I, I'll, it? I'll tell you some of the problems Tor has. I gather that a Chinese um, refinery, refinery that is coming online, mm -hmm. it has a capacity of, I think, 100 metric tons or something mm. like that. And it employs 50 people. Five zero. Okay. Five zero. Tor okay, employs 2,000 people. 2, already 1,200 people. Okay. That alone makes that operation cost on Tor is way but, above. But as we speak, they are still there. They I'm are not hearing, really working. But they are I'm hearing. It's, it's an issue. It's an issue about but let them work. Let, let I'm them work. That, I'm hearing that if you, had, if you go back historically to the amount of crew that you have to feed to Tor mm. and its output, it's about 37%. That's what I'm gleaning. I, I, I have mm. to verify some of this stuff. Mm. But... This, this uh, Chinese people will get in excess of 90%. I mean, given the input and output. Well, they put in the oil, and the proper, that, the proper oil that comes is 37%. Yeah, so proper the rest, oil. The that's, rest, that's what I mean. The, the, the rest I, becomes what? 37%. 37%. Oh, the, the, the rest I, I, becomes I, I, what? I, I don't know. I don't know the state, the state of the rest technology. The rest becomes what? The rest of the 63% But obviously, 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 you agree with me. Tor needs significant investment. Yeah, but we've been at this for, for six to, years. To come to where, where, where it is. We've been right? at this for six years. And, and sometimes, yes, we've been at it. And we need about a billion dollars to bring Tor to. Is that right? No. That's what? How much you investment do we need? Dollars. How much do we need to? You don't to? need to even put in money. You need the right structure for somebody to bring in that money, revamp Tor, and make Tor work. That's, 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 that's a way. That's a way. But why is it difficult to do that? Why is it difficult yes. to do and it? And the people are there, the thousand two people you talk about, they are there. And they are we don't there. know what they are That's doing. But the the government is not see, in a position to put money into You talk. see, yeah, of course, I've been given, given where we are. So look for the right structure. So it is, it is also another issue that should be, could be dealt with. The talk is right? that government is not committed to resourcing talk for talk to work or getting talk resources. Obviously, they are creating they are business interests. In getting the finished product from outside, obviously, and government really, obviously, it is one of our challenges. It is one of our challenges that look, it's very simple to bring in finished products. 
and they are interesting there. I mean, uh, we have read reports and reports about that. They are interesting there. Thor itself, as an entity, also has teething problems that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's in the midst of, of what we are, where we are now. Mm -hmm. In the midst of where we find ourselves now, as a nation, what would you have us do? Go, I mean, putting Thor back on stream. It's probably a medium to long term. Maybe it will take a year or two for us to do. Immediately, what can we do to ensure that the Ghanaian who goes to the pump is able to, I mean, pay reasonable prices for it, given where we are now? Because inflation, food inflation is pushing this thing up. If you're able to cut and bring all of this cost under some sort of level of control, it's in yours today, average Ghanaian. So this is, this is what government is looking at. Mm. Nobody should be able to tell us that this is a zero-sum game and that there are no benefits to this policy. No. I see. There are huge, poli huge, huge advantages to this policy. And that is, that is where we are. Sir, let me, this, let me come in here. Yes, yes. So, so deal with the term matter for me. Do yes, you think that I, is is a medium to long-term uh, project. What my and honorable that, is trying to do is to demonize Tom. I am not. I am not. Saying, no, no, let, let me and let me correct point. this. No, no, let me make a if point. You tell I am me not here to you demonize Tom. Far from it. Mm. I am talking about the teaching problems I know Tom has. Mm. In a long mm. to medium term, we probably will. We, we all know the problems a, of Tom. If you tell me that a new refinery is in the offing, and this refinery can, when they take one million barrels, they can, they're able to account for about 90% of the crude oil in terms of finished products, but told that's about 37%. Mm. So so it's not even very sure. So you, you don't, what you are not sure about, you don't speak to. Mm. You I speak to facts. Mm. You don't tell me that when you put 1 million barrels to Tor, Tor can account for all the 37%. It is not true. Mm. It's never true. What, what's the figure you know? You see, you need to, every crude oil, and it's a C. What it can churn out mm -hmm. and the type of product it can churn out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the value of the product that will be churned out should be above the value of the crude oil. Mm -hmm. That tells you your margin. Okay. Okay. So it's not like saying eighty-seven percent. Historically, Tor has processed crude for bust mm -hmm. and accounted for it, and the Tor bust have paid them tolling. Fee. Mm -hmm. Tor has processed crude for Vitor and their mm -hmm. partners, and they have accounted for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can't tell me that Tor cannot operate and operate efficiently. Mm -hmm. In 2016, December 2016, Tor received a parcel of crude from the Tenfold here in Ghana. Mm -hmm. They processed this crude midway uh, 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 2017. 2017 okay. And they were able to crack it. It's one of the sweetest crude you could have. Mm -hmm. So Tor is in the capacity to process. Right now. The CDU, the crude distillation okay. unit, is fit. Then I've been sitting idle for two years. Mm. So expect that when you have a car sitting idle for many years and you're going to start the car, you have to be doing some maintenance. Mm -hmm. And even when you start the car, you could see some leakages that you need to fix. Mm -hmm. But all in all, we can speak for the CDU. The residual fluid catalyst cracker, RCC, has challenges to be dealt with. But the primary unit is in good shape. Mm. And this CDU, the new refinery is talking about, their first 40,000 capacity is ready. And they're also using their CDU mm. to start with. The RCC and the reformers will come later. And by end of 2025, they could be doing 120,000 barrels per day. Mm. Okay. We are sitting idle watching people or the staff at all 
living. And every month somebody leaves. Every month at all. Of the thousand two hundred people. Of course. But don't even the thousand two hundred people, let me tell you, it is only about nine percent that is in the engineering uh, sections. So there are That's like hundred people. So the administrative this NDC come load people here, and people come load people mm -hmm. there, and you go to tour and you can have one desk, mm -hmm. and seven people are sitting on the desk, doing nothing. That's that something that we need. So, you see, that's why we need to move Tamara Refinery away from the political cycle and the politicians. Mm -hmm. Let's introduce some private hands that has, that has capacity to introduce funding mm -hmm. for the revamp of tour and operation of tour. These private people uh, seem to be more efficient in the operation, and of course, Government will not get that very, uh, you know, that opportunity to be putting on board their cronies who have no capacity to run a business of refining. Mm. Okay? But we believe that, from our years, we believe that tall can work. Mm. If a private man can bring his crude oil for tall to crack, and they do crack, why can't we connect our upstream? to this downstream Very well. for six years and over we've not been able to build that synergy between the upstream and the downstream mm. meanwhile we are preaching that we are going to establish a petroleum hub mm. where you are dependent on somebody's new yeah, refining, that's not refining. and your old refining you are dumping it i see oh, no, yes yes this talk thing i mean we all know the historical we're not going to go back into the historical issues mm. with all. but uh, i see what i see is that uh, this government has just thrown his hands up in the air saying that, uh, I mean, it's like Tor has failed, mm. basically. Because now, if I listen to Honorable say, the thinking of the government is that a Chinese firm is building uh, a more efficient, a more efficient and therefore Tor will never be competitive mm. when you look at the level of, you know, the staff level and all that that is there. So basically, it's not what, you know, they are worth. But you did ask a very important question. With all these things that they are doing, looking for cheap oil mm -hmm. and all that, they were doing it for all the reasons they've given, just for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One is to do with the exchange rate issue, being able to stabilize the currency. The other is to be able to, to get, get us cheap fuel at the pump. Mm -hmm. And so that is why they are saying that they are looking for cheap fuel out there yeah. to be able to do that. So if at the end of the day, both issues or benefits are defeated that you know we're going to do this uh, with cash or we can do so with cash even if we do a small percentage i mean do they really know what they want to achieve in the end and then honorable honorable member is a member of parliament and we know that uh, was a former parliament. i still think you are there <laughs> even though you don't see him at the coffee you don't see him at the coffee you, 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 you are left physically but you are you are still there. Yes, sir. Amen. Once a parliamentarian. Always a parliamentarian. And I'm sure you have a. You have a. No, it's coming back. I have a message in your head. I pray it comes back. And people have done it successfully. You know, why can't you? You know? You know? You know? But he's been in parliament. So he knows the budget process. Look, bust, tour, all these people go through budget hearing. Okay, there may be a ministry, a ministry that provides an oversight responsibility, let's say in this case, Ministry of Energy. But the budget of all these quasi institutions of the government present their budget. The preparation that we do is the preparation for the entire central government 
and the agencies and department of government. Mm -hmm. So, whatever bus, and then these days, we ran, and then he was there when this thing started. We ran what is called a program-based budget, mm -hmm. which means that the institution, part of it is that institutions like BOSS will present the programs that they will be doing against whichever money they are getting, whether it's coming from central government or it's coming from uh, IGFs and all that. So once the budget is been approved and done with, all these things are captured. There is nowhere in BOSS program that this uh, idea of gold for um, oil was ever mentioned. Therefore... The idea actually came after the budget was framed. Yeah, absolutely. Therefore, it, if this has become the, 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 the terrain of uh, um, a bust now, the ministry should bring bust to parliament. Mm. That this is what you're going to include. This should be a joint thing by the Ministry of Energy and the Ministry of Finance. Should come to parliament and explain this. So, Honorable... Bus is doing over and above what okay. they should be so doing. My, my it's not a speculation. Is, my point is that if what Bus is doing is ultra bias to the objects for which Bus was set up, mm. then it is important that it go to yes. Biden. But if Bus has always been in the business of buying for. And then, then what is, what is, let, what, let, what, let what, what, what is beyond that? That is that is my that is that is my problem. If it is doing some ultraviolence to what is, then we we'll probably will need to. But if it is not, then I don't see how Article One Eight One kicks in there. Ordinary policy is not budgeted for. It's not a program. Yeah, so, so that's my that's my issue here because. It's the budget it's made no there. provision for that. The idea came after the budget, but and so I wonder how this, are the government is, is funding that. It's, it's yeah. not in the budget. Yeah, how government is funding it? And the central bank, bank, bank is yeah. just a bank for for government, yeah. and there are provisions in the act setting up the Bank of Ghana. How much it's funding? And then at every point in time, at every point in time, what the balance should be in all of that. Let, let, let if me, it is let me go to and, or let me take and Franklin. Then it's fine, but if it is not, it, it is I really don't see how Article One Eight One keeps Let me take Franklin's thoughts on the tour. And I'll come back to you to conclude on this. So, so we right. close this chapter. Uh, Fr Franklin, the, the discussion on the tour, efficiency and all. Uh, what must we be doing? Do we just go, you know, read the place of the, the many people there, keep a few to run efficiently, or we should just leave to as it is and focus on private interests? You know, the Bible tells us that when you commit sins, you are forgiven 77 times, 7 times. <laughs> and for the short Thor is one of such candidates. Um, no matter what is said about Thor, the fact that there's this government overshadowing it, superintending it, it essentially will not end up anywhere better than we, we want it to be. And the government should not create competition for Thor by setting up another entity, which I would liken to International Galamsey. I don't think that's not what we want. What we want is clarity and some transparency surrounding the deal, oh. irrespective of all the virtues my good friend Husseini has told. Nobody is saying the intentions are not right, but you see, government's intentions are not always the same as government's uh, committed doings in reality. I see. All right. Uh, thanks so much. Um, just, just, just three seconds. Oh, of, for, course, on, um, on this year. of course. Of course. Honorable. For Senis, even as the indication that we should not be looking up to tall anytime mm. soon. Mm. But I, last two that months, is not, that is not, that is we should be I'm looking saying. at the private, <laughs> private <laughs> entity <laughs> coming no, that's on screen. But, <laughs> but then, a few, few um, weeks ago, mm. the Deputy Minister 
Honorable Ejapamesa, they say that toll will start in February. That's few weeks, when, few weeks from now. February 2023. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that by 31st or by 28th, by 28th yes. yes, we'll see tall working mm -hmm. as yeah. against the. Uh, no, the, no, the no I have not said. And I'm not but, indicating. And I, I want, that 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 I want you to start a countdown okay. on restart of tall. Tall. February. I see. So, so, <laughs> okay. so we'll do that. Honorable, the final word. No, no, I have, okay. I, okay. That will be a hard. You will close it. Though. This <laughs> thing that started. Look, we are all looking for cheap oil. We all want to stabilize our currency, but we want the right thing to be done. There are rules and laws in this country governing every public finance management activity. And it should be done that way. This government is doing a lot of things with impunity. When they have not made provision for something, they do it. When they need money, they go to contingency, you know, they, they Everywhere you look in the budget, it's exactly the same thing that they're doing. If you go and look on the Ministry of Tourism budget, they have no program for a cathedral. Yes, they've been given 80-odd million for it. It's just exactly the same thing. Tour has they, nothing... Guys, uh, はい。いやいや、そう、あの、ディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディスクディ
accessories be a whoopie beer. Said your mapa higher, maybe Tony and my papa, and your coach and my hymnful, and in my hymnful. Now a Franco trading enterprise. Franco trading enterprise. Full papa, accessories papa, air condition papa, TV papa, and in the anyhow. I'm in dormitory. It's been weeks of preparation and anticipation, and it all comes down to this big moment. 104 ladies and gentlemen will be vying for a chance to be the number one spelling bee champion in Ghana. Finally, the big day is upon us. Who, out of the 104 national finalists of the spelling bee, wins the title as the spelling bee 2023 champion and gets the bragging rights? Well, City TV will bring you the live broadcast of the final 2023. Catch the Spelling Bee National F- Live on City TV, that's DSTV 363 and Go TV 182 at 2 p.m. on Saturday, 4th of February 2023. Follow us on Facebook at the Spelling Bee GH, on Instagram, the Spelling Bee is sponsored by Indomie and supported by the U.S. Embassy of Croix, Kenya Airways, Multi Choice Ghana, Goyle, Ashesi University, Rufus Green Parks, Kellogg's, Otufo Ose. To the second BNFT Coconut Groove Hotels City TV and 97.3 City FM. The Spelling BGH, it's more than just spelling. Think you get it right when I read Welcome back to the uh, to the big issue. Uh, we're live on radio ninety seven point three FM as well. We're also live on City Tube on YouTube, and you can join the discussion via our WhatsApp line zero two zero four 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 seven zero three zero. Just gone by as a discussion on the good for oil policy, all the issues around it. We will try to touch on them, and the consensus is that uh, there should be more clarity and transparency on the matters. Now, we are shifting gear. We are moving to the school placement uh, program. Is it a flawed system? I recall in our time, headmasters would go to a particular place, central place, so you choose schools in a particular region. The cuts are shared around. If you made a cut, you, you are chosen, etc. They said that, that was too manual, and that left room for uh, influence, corruption, etc., and so there was a computerized system which simplified things. You just choose your school. It was programmed. If you made a cut, automatically you were sent to the school. If you couldn't make the cut, you are shifted to your second choice. And that way. So we were a bit happy with it because it took out a human influence. Now we're hearing that human beings have found a way of influencing the computer system. 
So people now pay a lot of money to get their awards in uh, preferred schools. Now, there's also another leg of the discussion coming from the private schools. I don't know the empirical basis of that, but they say that it appears that WAYEC and the computer system, etc., are not finding a way of, make, of, of putting the private schools in a disadvantage. They don't make the grades anymore, and they don't get the schools they choose. We don't know what that is. Uh, so we will look at that as well. To join me in the discussion is uh, Kofi Asari, uh, Executive Director of the Africa Education Watch, uh, and Nogjetua, who is the Executive Director of the Ghana National Council of Private Schools. Kwesi Kwating uh, is spokesperson for the Ministry of Education, and Franklin Kujo, uh, President of Imani Africa. Gentlemen, you are welcome to the program. Thank you. I started with you, uh, Kofi. What, what, what's your understanding of all these matters of placement, uh, 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 spots being sold out to people, protocol, etc.? Has anything like that come to your notice? Have you had any experience with it? What is your thinking and understanding of what the problem is? Um, morning to your audience. I, I think that every, every keen and objective observer of the space will admit with me that there's nothing new about school placement being sued by some people. Mm. It's been there for about 12 years. I've written and written and written over this issue for years. Mm. And so... Um, it, it's no news. Mm. Perhaps what is news today is that for typical cases of corruption, uh, it is always difficult to establish who the. For a typical case of corruption that involves bribe, giving, and then for in, in, in place of in place or, or for an action, mm -hmm. it is always difficult to establish. Um, the truth in the matter until you're able to get the bribe taker yeah. bribe and then connect the bribe to the action mm -hmm. for which the bribe was given. And this is what Manasseh and his group did, did this time around. That they gave a bribe to someone outside the system and the person was able to change the, the, the school mm -hmm. of the girl from a brief sector to infantryman for an amount of 11500 or so. Mm. So, yes, we've actually managed to get evidence that in reality, what we've always known to exist, you know, is real. What is left um, to ascertain is the dimension, the scope, you know, to what extent the practice is endemic. But at least we know that what we know to exist mm. really um, does exist. I, I think that the computerized school placement system obviously was brought on board to replace a human-dominated um, system which we all agreed that was susceptible to I mean, corrupt practices and then you know, influence peddling and all that. And so having a system... And I think the placement was one way of ensuring that there's very, very little human involvement in the process, little room for influencing and, and corruption. Um, it's been running for about 15 years. Mm. It is normal for systems to undergo review periodically. Okay, because the assumptions that underpin the introduction of the CSSPS were all not entirely true. Majority of them could have been true, but all couldn't have been true. 
for instance, I keep saying that I have a friend who is a systems engineer in the U.S., and he keeps telling me that if you digitize a system, anytime you digitize a system, bear in mind that the system itself will not purge, um, it, will not, it will not create um, um, a clean or environment devoid of corruption. Mm -hmm. It won't purge the environment or the ecosystem of corruption. Yeah. It is the human being that controls the computerized system. The integrity of the human mm -hmm. beings that run the system is key, and not the system itself. Mm -hmm. The system is not an end to itself. You know, it's a means to an end. Mm -hmm. But majority of whether or not corruption will be reduced, eliminated, or it will increase depends on the, system, the human beings mm -hmm. that operate the system. So I think that we must take advantage of all these happenings, which are, I see as symptomatic. These are symptoms. The real problem, the problem is not that someone went to school replacement. No, that's not a problem. It's a symptom of a, pro of, of a system that we haven't interrogated mm -hmm. systematically. Over the years, we've had governments and, I mean, various um, genius leadership change the criteria for placement, to you know, continue changing until it becomes more equitable and all that. There was a time we had a 30% protocol for students who were coming from the local community, 18 miles of this, um, 18 miles radia, radius from the school, and moved to uh, another era where we had limited um, protocols, now we have 5% protocol to ministry, and then also 5% to school and all that. It's gone through various reviews. But all these reviews are reviews focusing on the criteria for placement. They are not systemic review. I believe that this is an opportunity for us to take a look at the system again and ask ourselves whether in the current form it is its purpose. So and I'll conclude by saying this. Okay. That every system must have accountability mechanisms, checks and balances. The system as it currently runs for category A schools runs on the basis that only two people have access to placement in category A schools, the minister and then the genius data general. I didn't mention the CSSPS coordinator. Mm. So the coordinator himself doesn't have access to the system? The minister and the genius data general. Since 2018, this has been the case. So... Wow. The issue is that if the two highest authorities in the education sector are those that have are the only ones that have direct access to the system for placing categories, wow. who will exercise oversight? Mm. Because there must be checks and balances. No one can check the minister because he is the highest checker mm. at that level. So we need to look at the system again and create accountability system such that the minister will have a basis to come in and exercise oversight on work done by the CSSPS. For which reason, the minister cannot be the one. How, um, exactly. It blesses checks and balances. But, but the bigger concern really for me, in terms of these two persons having the access, is so if they are the only two people having the access, who then is able to make the changes? Because we hear that only 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 the two coming the changes. But the, the the fact is that so so your child your child is given a certain school, you go to pay, they change it for you. So it means that that change is known or should be known just by the two or is between the two people. Yes, only the two people. But we are talking in technical sense, okay. the two people. But in reality, 
I know that the Swiss National Secretariat, more or less, to a higher extent, exercised the minister's discretion. Okay. And then the minister will sign off. So he signs off before the Swiss National Secretariat will do most of those placements. The DD also, I'm not too sure about that, but maybe he will give it to maybe the CSSPS, which is a department under him, or his secretariat. I don't know, but they are the ones who have the password. The point I want to make is that once they have the password, they are held responsible. And the minister rightly said in Manasseh's documentary that the reason why we are only two people having access to the password for Category A schools is because we know those schools are high stakes. Mm -hmm. And should there be any systemic error, it should be easy for you to hold someone to account, mm -hmm. identify where the fault is coming from. So because we are only two, it is very easy. That's why we agree that only the two of us will have access. So what is the problem? You go to the two. No one is saying that a minister is the one who sold that chain in placement mm -hmm. to the lady at a Brisa Tech, um, who successfully paid 11.5 through Manassas Group and then got a placement at Infantiman. No one is saying that. Mm -hmm. Because if you understand in reality how the system works, the minister will receive 5%, let's say a school like Presec. Mm -hmm. Presec will admit about 1,500. So 5% will protocol. Okay. That's 75. That's 75. So the minister will receive a list of 75 people from Presec. That these are our protocol guys. Place them. The minister is obliged to do that. That's all. It's because the placement is not based on your results. Mm -hmm. You are a Ghanaian. You have your, your results are correct. Everything. They place them. If anyone at Presec, and I'm only saying this in hypothetically, yeah. if anyone at Presec took money from someone and added their children or their, I mean, their wards to the list, the minister may not know. Mm -hmm. In fact, if I were the minister, I wouldn't know. No one would know. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, it is overly simplistic to assume that the minister knows about how the, mm -hmm. you know, how, how, how money is exchanged. hands. No. Mm -hmm. Because he's dealing with protocol allocations mm -hmm. from about 70 or so category A schools. 72. 72 category mm -hmm. A schools. And if each school is having an average of 1,000 or 1,000 people being admitted, you are talking about close to about 100,000 people. Yeah. I mean, close to about, sorry, about, about 1,200 people being admitted. You are talking about close to 12,000 people being given um, protocol slots. It's, it's not easy to, you know, know that. That is, that, that is the situation we find ourselves in. So for us, the best thing to do is that I know the minister by now would have taken second thoughts or, or a game view about his, his direct involvement in this. And I'm sure the minister will be happy to now sit back and allow the Ghana Education Service, okay, undertake the placements. The DG supervises the computerized school placement secretariat, and then they do it according to the criteria that has been um, um, agreed upon. Then the minister comes in to the picture periodically to exercise oversight, ensuring that place, the placement is going on per the policy. If the minister receives his protocol list, the five percent protocol list for the ministry. Mm -hmm. So if the minister receives the protocol list from all national level stakeholders, all he has to do is to send the list to the DG and then it will be done. Because the protocol is not illegal, it is part of the policy. Yeah. That's all. So I don't think that the minister will be happy to be involved in, mm -hmm. um, in not that this year, but in future ones. So that his involvement will be at the point of ensuring that there is compliance, there's checks, there's there's there's, there's balances in the system. 
and most importantly, quality assurance, you know, you know, is, 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 is upheld. Very well. Let, let me come to uh, you, Enoch. Um, yeah. So, so you, you are with the private schools. What's the, what's the concern from your side? Is this situation that we've, we've painted, that Kofi has painted, you share the same view. What was the concern from your side? All right. Good morning to your um, cherished viewers and then the private schools um, mm. fraternity. It's the same concern that we also share, but on, on our part, we have some specific issues that we can talk of. Um, we, 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 we can talk of the general scheme of work that is undermining the educational rights of children in the private education space. Mm. Um, you know, um, and let me take my analysis from that point of the legal basis. Yes, okay. You know, the 1992 Constitution, um, Article 25, Clause 1, mm -hmm. B, actually enshrines on educational rights mm -hmm. for each and every child to be given fair access to, let's say, facilities and then that of the programs that are being run in the schools. Mm -hmm. And... Private schools are also operating within the same mandate. The Article 25, Clause 2, also gives us the right to, let's say, give education to Ghanaian children. And so, for, for that matter, parents who have decided to enroll their children in the private schools are not wrong. It is a constitutional mandate given to an individual to set up schools in Ghana. So, in realizing that, the stakeholders within the educational fraternity have agreed on how best each and every one will be able to uh, accelerate from one point of uh, educational ladder to another point. That is, how you will be able to move from the transitional period between the JHS education to that of the senior high school education. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason why we write BEC yeah. examination. And in fact, the, when you read from the um, West African Examination Council, a regulatory document regulating the conduct of BEC 2015. It is very clear that within the eligibility column, you need to have at least been within the sector within uh, nine years mm -hmm. before you can write. Okay. So it's presumed that before you sit as a candidate to write for any exams, you, the school has really prepared you adequately mm -hmm. and you are ready to go through the mail. We have categorized our senior high schools from category A up to category, let's say, E and F, of which the category A schools are reverse schools, of which represent the, the true nature of identities in Ghana at the international front. Mm -hmm. When President Kofor came, decided to add certain numbers. So as we speak now, we have about 72 schools within the 1,000 senior high schools that are classified as category A schools. Mm -hmm. And before you can get to that school, you need to meet certain merits. Mm -hmm. Metrics have been set up for you to meet. You cannot just say that I've completed SSN for that matter, yeah. I'm going there. So parents who decide or who desire that their children will go to those schools obviously look for, let's say, schools that can prepare their children foundational ways so that they can get it. And then that's what parents send their children to private schools. Yeah. Government has realized that, okay, private schools are getting a lot of assets. Most of the Category A schools facilities are being enjoyed by private yeah, schools yeah. because of quality education being given at the private education front. And instead of government to actually look at how best to remedy the situation, then government introduces a policy called 30%. You know, when Kofi was speaking, he was saying that there has been a form of review, catchment area, 
take 10, uh, 5 percent protocols and all that. Government has now decided that when you, if you, are, if you attend a public school, you have that edge of 30% allocation to category A schools. Okay. So the, 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 the practical example is that your ward, my ward, will sit for exams. Your ward is in the public school, or your ward is in the private school, my ward is in the public school. When they sit for the exams, and if all two seem to be in, let's say, Yasan, to our is a category A school, my ward for being in the public school will be given advantage, right. yes. For, for if you got the same grade, your award will be taken. Yes. Because your award attended a yes. school. Yes. And even if not the same grade, because of that 30% allocation. So you will realize that majority of the private school's um, children who have gone to have spent time, parents have paid money, and they've gotten what the state is looking for, are being denied the category A schools. And if you ask the government, government will tell you that we are looking for um, let's say equality, equity and all, but you cannot come out with equity with a certain standard to lower the the, 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 the bar. So what is happening now is that if you look at this um, uh, the placement being sold and all that, it's hinges on the fact that the category A schools are having that kind of standard, and the public school allocation given to them, they are not they are not able to meet that because, for instance. A school will declare 1,005 allocation. The 30% of it is being given to public schools. And in reality, the, the results that are coming from the, private, the public schools are not meeting those standards. So that kind of 30% allocation will be reserved for market people so that everybody can go there and buy. And that is what is happening. So the, the, the public schools are able to meet the 30%? Because the, the, the category A schools are seated on a certain level. They are not just category A school. Before a school is being graded as category A school, there are certain philosophy, certain, let's say, programs that they do, mm. of which you have to get, let's say, a where nine ones, eleven, eleven, let's say, nine ones, six ones. But a thirty percent allocation to the public schools will seek to lower the the grades or the result they get compared to that of the private. So, for example, if the private guy gets uh, eight ones. And the public guy gets maybe just six ones. The two of them could go. The yeah. cutoff point originally the, the, the eight ones. The, yes. But a guy in the public school, because of the thirty percent allocation, with six ones, he could go. Yeah. But if you if you have checked the trend very well, mm -hmm. you realize that all the these guys that were able to go through the system dubious means to get the they use that thirty percent allocation. The, no, the, to 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 buy and get this allocation. We're coming from private schools. You ask Manas okay. Azuri. Because so, they, they, they have the money. They, they, not not even in the sense that they have gotten their grade, mm -hmm. which obviously is supposed to have been placed them in yes. their school. But because of that barrier, mm -hmm. they were not given their category A schools. Okay. So therefore, they will just look for means. And obviously, there are locations over there. Mm. When you go to the category A schools, the public schools have not been able because, yes, we have given you 30% mm -hmm. allocation. The 30% allocation that has been given to you, you need to meet certain, let's say, minimum criteria. Minimum criteria. And the public schools are not meeting it. Mm. But that 30% is there. there. So therefore, it becomes a business venture for mm. other people. You understand? Yeah. So if you go through the system very well to uphold or let's say to abolish this kind of canker in our system, that 30% allocation, which obviously is a discriminatory against the children in the private school, supposed to be scrapped out. 
in that sense, then you have a fair playground to let's say, work on. Because we were of the view that if government obviously can come out and give, let's say, 30% allocation mm -hmm. to uh, their public schools, then it means that even behind the scenes, the marketing scheme could be even different. How? So that when you are giving a private school script, <laughs> you will be told that this is a private school, so mark with your iron hands. Be, 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 because, because government obviously has accepted the fact that. But that is not far-fetched. So okay. government will say, okay, you guys marking <laughs> you guys marking private schools. It, it, it is it's possible. If, if the marketing scheme, if let's it, say it the past marketing. It is possible because, because if you look at. The private guys make if, it if you look If you look at um, the, the kind of data that we are receiving from our schools, a child will be able to get science, one. Mm -hmm. RME one social studies, mm -hmm. which is basically a reading subject one, um, RME which is also one, but in English the child will get about eight. Eight. Yes. Mm. Not even two or three. I'm telling you. So you ask yourself that. But maybe the how English is technical. English, they look at your subject. No, 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 no. Social studies and We understand it. We understand it. We understand that. And even if you also compare that to the kind of um, data that we have, because the child has been with us for almost nine years. Mm -hmm. the ch this child, you can obviously uh, uh, predict but that. Is this it, child do is. Do you have an avenue where you can call for some results and, 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 and sit on it? Or can you call for a remark? Is there is there that avenue? There, there's, the there, there is a, there's a challenge at the the, the remark session. So you can't recall a script. You know, Wayek in their own regulation mm. stated that you can call for remark within sixty days mm. when the release is given, but the time frame for adjudication mm. and let's say review is not there. Mm -hmm. The people who panel to do the remark are the same Wayek people. I don't know whether you understand. Yeah, I, it. I get it, but it is not to let's say correct a particular script per se, but it is to make the point you're making. So maybe the, the, no, the, but, the person but, is but, 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 but you 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 yes. CTTV, you CTTV, yes. you are moderating this program. Mm -hmm. You've done something to me. I'm not I'm not happy with mm -hmm. it, and I'm calling for a review mm -hmm. or let's say a fair playground for us to discuss it. Mm -hmm. It is the same CTTV people no, no, who yeah, no, no, not people. The markets are different from the officials of oh, the are, they, they are all white. No, the, the markets, they the are, markets are, are teachers. They are, all, they are all Wayek paid people. Yes, but they are teachers and they and, take and, up and, this extra and job. You see, you see what and are, I'm not sure Wayek what, will, will, what, what we are trying to say is that put their neck on the line for something What we are trying to say is that, one, fairness is not there. Even time. You see, when you ask the same Wayek people because you apply. Whom are you applying to? Mm. You apply to Wayek. Mm -hmm. So it is Wayek that will decide that okay, this is the time frame that we are going to. And don't forget that we, we are running this educational transition within a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So before a child can go through this system and come out with a remark, let's say, uh, credentials or report, that time period has already uh, elapsed yes. because the children of, of, of on which they completed the school with that child, they've the gone, gone to school. Yes. So I'm saying that for now, that remarking process may not be to affect the child because the child is suffered it is going to school. But moving forward, you want to correct it. So if you call for remark, it may take months. The child has gone to school, but you so have you, evidence to make you, your you, point. You, you are so in the following year, it, it have, I, I, I see Kofi shaking his head. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Let me let me talk to Kwesi Kwating. Who is on the line? And we'll, 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 okay, so so I hear he's gone off. 
Franklin is, is, is still on. So Franklin, I mean, interesting discussion. I don't know whether you've had any, you've had any experience yet with the, the, the computer placement program. Is it time for us to review it? And what should the review, what format should the review take? Well, I said what I hear from the, from the, from the news, really, that the, the system is up for, um, I mean, the system has challenges and that people are trying to exploit it. Look, I mean, the only reason why displacement came about, placement system came about is simply because people want to get into better schools or the best schools. Shouldn't the policy rather be focused on creating or establishing schools that are uh, almost at par with all these A's, A listing, A, A schools. I mean, I know that would take a while to do, but if every region, if there was any conscious effort at ensuring that at least every region has um, a number of schools that people can say, okay, look, these are schools that we all look up to, or probably making sure that each, uh, all, all the other schools are brought up to some appreciable level of, you know, um, in terms of infrastructure and uh, what have you, teachers, good quality teachers, I'm sure this problem would even fizzle away. I mean, that's not to say that there are no competitive systems in placing people in any part of the world, but where it is being gained, and in this part of our world, only because uh, special attention is focused on a certain kinds, a certain category of schools called aid schools, um, definitely you have all these challenges coming up one way or the other. I mean, I think it's about time we decided that food decentralization means what exactly it is. That we decentralize, and we shouldn't just let the government be the one dictating which schools are best or not. At least we should encourage private sector people to go into providing good uh, education, like my good friend Enoch and his people are trying to do. They shouldn't be penalized. I mean, they should just ensure that there's a lot more of such schools that people would be willing to have their awards uh, go to. Because come what may, this system definitely is, 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 is not... Is, I mean, we are trying to um, make sure we equalize ourselves for everybody, but in, in, in doing so, we're actually not ensuring that everybody is getting access, and that's the problem. I think we should invest in ensuring that schools have some appreciable level of quality in terms of teachers and in terms of infrastructure. Otherwise, this problem is not going to go away. I mean, but, I'm but surprised. That's a bit of long term. I, I, I know in President Kufo's time, he, he started this about this thing about uh, taking one school, is it in a district, in a region, some yeah. schools, and, and bringing them up to a certain standard. I don't know how much of a raise those schools have been given. I don't know whether those schools now can be called Category A schools. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. But that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. And that takes time to do. That really takes time to do. Oh, but we have the traditional you. schools, the Fancy Pims, the Presex, the Wesley Girls, which are schools a lot of the middle class people want their children to attend. And, and that is where the problem is. So, yes, what you're saying is good. Maybe the two can be worked on, you know, at the same time, I mean, concurrently or simultaneously, so that, you know, these ones will also be growing I mean, in the next 10 years or so, when there are results and things show that they are indeed not category A schools, this difficulty will be eased. You disagree? Well, the point really is that, I mean, we are not expecting people to be failing all the time. I mean, with time, people's, people's exams records will be much better. And if they are better, and if they are getting good tuition, assuming they are, and getting uh, within a certain level of infrastructure, then we are going to get a lot more people who will be passing and who will then have to go through this very system in order to be placed in very limited category A schools. My point is, why don't you just keep on 
Or why don't you expand access? Uh, even with the category A schools, if you want to accommodate quite a lot, then maybe we should focus on expanding access there as well, right? Otherwise, um, there's no really immediate solution to fixing this. Even if you try using this, if you, if you try making the system um, very difficult to gain, as I said, a lot more people will be passing anyway. So what happens to the number of schools that, that everybody wants to get into? I, I mean, yeah. Yes, it is a big issue. We are looking at um, the school placement issues. Uh, earlier in the week, there was a report, an investigative report, which confirmed what many have actually suspected, that there is some uh, exchange of money for placements. I don't know if it's, it's not butter. We just finished a butter discussion on oil, but that is a problem. That is corruption. The other leg of the discussion is that private schools feel uh, hard done by because they say that because of a certain quota system, 30% quota system allocated to uh, the, how do you call it, the public schools, a lot of their people now suffer. And they even go to the extent of thinking that the market scheme could be harsher to the uh, private schools. I, I don't think they have any empirical basis for that. But I, I, I will take Kofi Asari's view on that. Kofi, you think it's, it's a far-fetched uh, suggestion to have that, you know, the marking scheme, even for the private schools, could be different compared to the public? Um, well, I think that is... Um, I don't think they have any evidence. So the, it, 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 that perception is built on Suspicion. suspicion. I won't say mere suspicion, mm. but perhaps, you know, um, suspicion. Um, but I am rather happy to have data mm-hmm. um, that we can scientifically, you know, interrogate. Uh, interrogate. I, I want to see the private schools undertake a research, for instance, mm-hmm. to strike out, to establish the correlation between the results of their candidates, of their students in Form 3, mm-hmm. especially the mock exams yeah. that is taking. Okay? And then strike a correlation between that yes. and then the, B, the BEC performance. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then we, we will be able to establish the correlation between yeah. the two to see the extent yeah. to which mm-hmm. the mock examination uh, results um, vary. Mm-hmm. That can be one. Mm-hmm. But let me indicate that. Let me talk about this. You see, the thirty percent allocation to public schools mm-hmm. isn't a bad idea. Yeah. But it appears that in our bid to make the system much more equitable, we are actually discriminating against Ghanaian children. Mm-hmm. I am the I am the foremost advocate of equitable quality education in this country. I I wake up, I walk, I sleep, I eat, I drink, I bath equity in basic education. Mm-hmm. But you see, in a country where you have 30% of your children attending private schools, mm-hmm. where close to 70% of those schools are low-cost private schools, mm-hmm. majority of whom are, majority of which are schools that are existing in community, communities that government has been unable to establish public schools in. Mm. The reason they are low cost. On what basis do you call a low cost private primary school like a school called ECG in Agoboloshi? Mm. 
where they pay two cities a day as school fees, mm. where the schooling takes place in the church, where there is no single train teacher, where the church salary is more, less than 400 Ghana cities. You want to call that school a private school mm. and then and then match that student to a student of Association International School. Is that what you want to do? Mm. No. So I am of the view. And USA had did a report in the Northern Region in 2019. In 17 districts in the Northern Region, 64% of private schools were locals. This is not a crack. It means that even in the, at the district level, many private schools are a matter of necessity because Northern Ghana is one of the most underserved regions in education. Mm. The schools are not there. Not there. So private schools are existing there to provide an opportunity for student, for children in those communities who unfortunately have education underserved. Mm. So how do you treat such students as if they had the choice to attend the low-cost private schools yeah. that they attended? You understand? Mm. So if you have 30% allocation going against them, then contrary to Article 25 of the Constitution, which says that access to educational opportunities shall not be discriminated against, educational opportunities and facilities should not be on the basis of discrimination, then you are discriminating against the children who are attending low-cost primary school. In my area where I used to previously live in Oyibi, there's only one public school in Oyibi, Oyibi mm. Presby. All the schools there are private schools. Mm. So, one of my security men, his, his, his child was attending a private school. Not because he yeah, wanted, he wanted them to get No, because... but the only, only school there, if you don't get Oyibi Presby, you are not in school. Mm. The only school there is Oyibi Presby. And it's even running a shift system morning and afternoon, as of mm. now. Mm. So there's no school there. And the classroom is about 80, 83 per class. Wow. So that everyone there is looking for a school to enroll their children. And there are no cost private schools there where you pay 100, 150, 200 cities a term school fees. No cost. Do you want to tell me that you want to apply this 30% put, uh, protocol to public right. schools and then disadvantage these students? Because the standards which they are teaching, they are being taught in, they are learning in, is far lower than the standards in the public school. Far lower. They don't, they don't have train teachers. Because the salaries of their teachers is not more than 500 cities. Mm. But the train teachers in the public schools are taking averagely 2,000. Mm. So we must be sure, we must be careful not to create problems in our bid to solve sin. Mm. Now on the issue of the uh, WIAC issue, on, on, of, of WIAC and then remarking, you see, we have been saying every day that our assessment sector is facing a governance crisis. Mm -hmm. The systems in the assessment sector of our educational sector are not accountable systems. Mm -hmm. They defy the basic principles in public sector governance. And I'll just go straight to the point. If you go to count other countries, you know, OECD countries, you know, education flagships, if you go to a country like the UK, their assessment system has a regulator. Just like every country I know, there's always a regulator of the assessment system, the sector. This regulator will set standards for bodies like WIEC, 
NAPTEX, and all other assessment bodies in Ghana. And then regulate compliance, sanction non-compliance. When a student or a school is aggrieved or feels unfairly treated or marked down in an examination, what you do in the case of the UK and Wales is that you apply in the Wales is that you apply to the school's the, the, the examination board, in this case YAK. YAK will do the remarking. In, in, I mean, the, the YAK in that country, which is um, the examining board, if it's Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge. If they do the remarking and you are not satisfied about the outcome, you apply to OFQA, the Office of Qualification and Assessment. Mm -hmm. Of course, the regulator. Yeah. Then they will appoint external reviewers to review the script for you. You understand? That is what exists in every country. In our country, we, just have we have established YEC to be self-regulatory. Mm. So YEC is accountable to a board. And on the board sits government. Mm. The genius is the general general. Yeah. I mean, on the board sits government. Okay? And apart of that, there is no regulatory agency mm -hmm. uh, regulating the affairs of not just YEC, but other assessment bodies in Ghana, including Cambridge. Cambridge is in Ghana. Yeah. IB, Cambridge, NAPTES, and all these agencies are undertaking assessment, but there's no regulator. So when a student fails unfairly treated or marked down, and they have to appeal and, and apply for a review of the appeal, they have to do the same to, in the mind of the student, their oppressor. Mm -hmm. How possible is that? So I will reemphasize that we need an independent regulator of Ghana's assessment sector space mm. so that standards, international standards, if you go to YX website, YX says that its aim is to undertake examination consistent with the British standards. That's what is written on YX website. So by getting an external regulator or independent regulator for the assessment sector, it will be empowering YX to undertake assessments that are consistent with the British standard because such accountability mechanisms, such checks and balances that are missing in Ghana's assessment system, mm -hmm. but available in the British standards in Australia and all other countries that we seek to match with, will not be available for WAIEC. Mm. So that everybody will be happy. I'm not saying that WAIEC has nothing one down, but what I'm saying is that they are not in the position to ensure that there's a fair hearing. Because they can't be the referee and be the be the be the captain. Even, even though the, the the teachers they do I call them contract the markers, mm. but they are their markers. Yeah. Okay, but what I'm I didn't say that their markers are not fair. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is that in other jurisdictions, their markers will be the first line to do the first line of reviewers. Mm -hmm. But if the school or the candidate is still not happy after the, their markers have done the remarks. Then they have a place to go. You have a place to go, which is the regulator, off call, apply to off call. In, the, in our case, you have no place to go. No place to go. You go to Waik, go back yes. to Waik. Now, on the senior high school issue, I believe, I, I agree with Franklin Kudu, that yes, middle class, they want their children to go to top schools and all that. The, the country is growing. The middle class is expanding. So the demand for certain co commodities keeps increasing, especially yeah. education served. Um, um, middle to high level education, high class education. And that's what we have in a level of private schools and also category A schools. It's fair. Mm -hmm. But you see, I am one of those who doesn't entirely believe that establishing a new school and 
putting in place facilities similar to Presec. Who will let someone change their yes, mind? Yes, no, no. Yes. It no? comes with time. I was I was here when President Kufo started his um, model school. Mm. I was in Trufpaso when Trufpaso Senior High School was built. I think we're part of them. Go and find out those who want to go there. Mm. There's, there's everything in the school. <laughs> there's everything there. Yeah. Even the new Bahama blocks. The new, e blocks. Yeah, e blocks. Go to Adenta. There's one there. Yeah, it Adenta. is less than a kilometer from. Uh, let me go to Adenta one first. It's less than a kilometer from Was. Mm. It's less than a kilometer from Was. Who will go there when Was is there? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the facilities there, the Was cried, Omunibi. So it is, it is not the simple situation where you build a school, the facilities, and then I will take my child there because you are calling the school category, category A school. No. And again, there's a school called St. James in Sunani. That's the best yes. senior high school in Ghana. Yes. For the past 10 yes. years. Yes. Consistent WASI performance. I'm told that this WASI, there are two boys who featured in the mass and science and mass schools, were the two best students. Wow. They have, that, that school is the best senior high school in Ghana for the past 10 years. Hmm. But go to Prosec. Forty thousand people want to get want to enter Prosec. Forty thousand have applied to go to Prosec this year. But now go to that school. Nobody is there. Nobody wants to. So you see, what drives the demand for category A is not about facilities. It is the tradition. The tradition. Tradition. It is in view of that because you can build a school similar to Oxford University or University of London, twice the size of land that Oxford occupies. By the time you finish, the name of Ford missing alone, nobody will go. Yeah. So, to come on this, I have recommended this to the Minister of Education. I've had a extensive discussion. Hold on, hold on with the recommendation. I'll take a short break. Okay. Uh, I'll return and then we'll look at the recommendations that Rufia okay. Sari has. We'll hear from, uh, the, uh, from Enoch on whether indeed that correlation or, or thing that uh, Asari talked about, they've, they've done that. And, and we hear from uh, uh, Franklin Kujua, so then we can call it a day. This is the big issue. We'll be right back. Instead of building new schools, mm -hmm. focus on expanding existing ones. Those ones which are expandable. If you go to Infantspin, before this government came, Wesley Girls was doing about only 700. It was one of the smallest senior high schools in Ghana. And the government expanded it to, I think, about 1,002 or so. But that will also have an effect on the quality, won't it? You are not telling me that Wesley Girls is a good school because they are few. You understand? Yeah. One of the, the number, okay, go ahead. one of the one of the key ingredients or canons you find in this category of schools is the way they are managed. Mm. Is the way they are managed, and so if we agree that the management is what, to a high extent, distinguishes them, because they may not have grade A facilities. Mm. Some of them are very old schools, not new. They don't have body facilities it's because of the way they are managed. If that's their case, then expand the schools so that they can still benefit from that quality management mm -hmm. while doubling the size or tripling the size of Gucci mm -hmm. and under the same management so build three Gucci's around Gucci mm -hmm. under the same management so that, that the quality of management will affect 
let's say, 15,000 people instead of 5,000 people. It's that like the University of London. Mm, yeah. You understand? If you do that, you will be tripling the intake in Tuboche mm -hmm. from, let's say, 1,005 to, well, to, to, to 4,500 per stream. But Mbuchu will be bigger. Same to Presec. If you can find land, expand Presec, double or triple Presec. So you have a situation where our category A schools will be having bigger student population. Then you can create decentralized, decentralized management units. Mm -hmm. You understand? Because the management is there. You can create decentralized management units. Then the school will benefit from the quality management. If you do it that way, if I am applying for my child to go to Presec, I won't ask you, is the Presec is going... Um, having capacity to... Uh, the Legum old Legum. one... No, the same Legum is going. Is it the, what, the old building and the hotel or... No, it is Presec. Yeah. If we, management. Yes. If we, use, if we use the approach for the category A's, we will solve this problem significantly. Mm -hmm. And then also expand access to the TVET schools. Mm -hmm. The category A schools in Tibet, almost all of them are day schools. Takara mm. Technical Institute, mm. Thematek, KTI, ATTC. Mm. Out of this four, three are virtually day. Mm. You understand? If you want to drive more traffic towards this category A school, because people want to go to these schools, expand access by creating accommodation facilities and make them burden and make those schools bigger than they are. Mm. ATTC has no no accommodation facilities. So people, so people yeah. can travel from other regions yes, and come there. So that it reduces the pressure on the lower category schools. Very well. Let, 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 me, let me hear from you. Um, uh, what, yes, you said you did some correlation. What, what did the results say? Okay, so um, Quickly, yes. when you come to the private schools, before mm. a child will um, sit for the BEC, mm. we have about six mocks, at least, that the child will write. And even relying on the, 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 the mock that we write together with the government um, at the district level, mm. you realize that the, the, the data that we have received so far proved to the point that private school children, especially mathematics and science and English, are leading. When you, you can go to the district education office and get the data from. So there is a reliable data that proves the point that there's, we, we can question the, the, the kind of resource that Wayek has released towards to our, our children because we've been with them for a number of nine years and we know their performances. And before the introduction of this 30% allocation, we were not having such challenges. We were not having such challenges. We, you, you sit for your exams, you get your marks, and then you go to your category A school or a school of your choice. But when the introduction came in, this policy was introduced. That is where, somewhere 2018, that is where we began this kind of, experiencing this kind of what, challenges. And then we have questioned the release of the scripts. Because we, for, don't forget that the private schools, they pay for the um, entry sitting. Mm -hmm. Before you sit for the BEC, the private schools are being charged. So we've requested for the release of the scripts because it's the, it is only the release of the scripts that we can do the analysis from. Mm. You've marked someone, you've taken the script, you've just come out with grading systems and other marks. We are not happy with the, 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 the scripts. Release the script to us. 
Therefore, we, it's not Wayek alone that has that kind of ability to assess as I'm got the, 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 the question or the test items comes with marking schemes. Mm -hmm. So, whoever has gone through, uh, let's say, assessment, preparation, and all that, can do the analysis and know that this one, the child has passed, this one, the child couldn't get the answer. Just give us the, the, the list of the scripts together with the raw score so that we can compare and contrast and know that whatever the data that we are having is, is filter or is not, we are not getting the script. So, whom should we blame? Hmm. You, you, you understand it. So I side with Kofi when Kofi was saying that the Wayek setup is a referee, a footballer, a last man, a coach, a, coach, a keeper, everything. and everything. So when you go to the field, you are just a spectator. You can't, you can't say anything. Mm. And even if you want to go through that, you want to test it along the side of the court. We have other cases which we can cite at Universities of yeah. The time the, the, the case was, I mean, uh, the, let's say, given the verdict, the, the time has elapsed. Yeah. Those students couldn't join their counterparts whom they were going through. So if you even read the Wayek, um, let's say, remarking clauses in their regulation, it's just about 60 days that you can apply. There's no time limit that is the point so it's a discretionary to them that okay this one we will drag it for two years and the child will be sitting home so we understand the fact that in terms of long-term analysis and long-term let's say um, projections we can go through that mail and then get a hold of certain document or data or facts to back it uh, our, 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 our allegations but, but look, I, will, I will advise you guys to to um, exercise your RTI, um, um, but you are even at the top. I think uh, you can exercise your RTI. Yeah, the right to information, your, 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 your RTI yeah. rights. Yes. and then uh, I mean, and then um, I'm sure YX should respond to that. Very well. Because Very I don't well. think that that is uh, data subject to data protection. Yes. Well, uh, and it's your own, your, it's your students' own. Exactly. Data. Students, yeah. yeah. But to to get it, Yes. You want to say yeah, I just uh, want to touch on just a brief one on mm -hmm. the the low cost private okay. schools. Yeah. Data available, Kofi, is seventy percent of the twenty two thousand private schools in Ghana mm -hmm. are classified as low cost low private cost. schools from the MS data, mm -hmm. not the data mm -hmm. from us. MS data, educa education management information data, twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. That is why. So when that thirty percent obviously will not be fair on this low cost. I'm telling schools. you. I see very well. I think the point is made, frankly. Uh, just two seconds. I mean, a lot has been said. Uh, uh, you know, we should avoid gaming mm. in the system and creating opportunities for people to game the system. Mm. What is what we've designed and the protocols and what have you is, is a perfect opportunity to game the system. I still maintain mm. that we should expand access to whatever category is schools, but crucially develop, decentralize the development of this country and make it easy and uh, uh, very I mean, make it easy for quality teachers to go to where uh, good schools have been located. Yeah. Alright, thank you so much guys, thanks so much for, 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 for your time this morning. City 97.3 Accra